And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbens, presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And you can go on www.chillboys.com, and listeners, you can type in HB15 to get 15% off your first order from the Chill Boys. Get your underwear, socks, made out of bamboo. I just re-upped my order. It's all I'm wearing. Got my dad a pair, my grandpa a pair. I don't know if he's going to put them on. He's... Still having a tough time separating himself from those Hanes, you know, white underwear that he likes. Yeah, discolored. Yep. Yeah. Kind of discolored, you know, in the crack region. <laughs> All over, I mean. No offense to old people. They got stuff oozing everywhere. Love them to death, but God, God knows what. This evening, I am welcomed by Trevor Olson, Jack Mason, our producer, the horse of the show. And my name is Gage Osmus, and we are joined by a very special guest. He's probably on his high horse right now. Played at the played at the University of Denver or Denver University, whichever you prefer. Matt Van Voris. Let me uh, set the record straight. It is the University of Denver. Okay, so DU, but University of Denver. I don't know. How <laughs> I came up with that, but you know what? I actually like DU better. It's like no one goes their name and then a university after. Yeah, I feel like UD sounds kind of. UD is not good. <laughs> DU, DU is like, okay, we got nine natties. Yeah, that's DU. But I feel like it gets confused because, like, Boston University is BU, and they go Boston University. Yeah, that's Where's true. I didn't even think about them. Let's disregard everything I just said. <laughs> 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 um, okay, let's get under our weekend recaps here. Hulse, Mace, you guys get up to anything good this weekend? Um, Got drunk at a concert on Saturday. What was Friday. It, what was the concert? Uh, it was Quiet Buys in Alice in Wonderland. It was at the Armory. Unbelievable venue. It was it was gorgeous. <laughs> that was my first time there. I mean, drinks were like thirty bucks. So like that was first amazing. time at the Armory. Yeah, first time I, at the Armory. I haven't been there either. You haven't been. No, I've you, never it's been. Gorgeous. You go to the Armory. You go to these concert venues and stuff. The Armory is so funny because. There's no rules in there. It's like the Wild West. Like you can do like there's people just smoking blunts in the middle of the crowd, like doing whatever they want. There's no rules. It's you just insane. gotta get in. It's like yeah. that it's like yeah, it's like that video of that that security that old security officer like patting down people, just he's supposed to pat them down, and he's just like good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> well, okay, keep going, sorry. But then, uh, yeah, I got super drunk there. That was fun. Great concert. And then Saturday, just went for all fun with my buddies. That was about it. Pretty low-key weekend besides Friday. Not real golf. Frisbee golf. But it's it's real, real golf. Yeah, we yeah. we discussed this last time. <laughs> I'm waiting to get on the I golf course. Though. I stepped on some toes. I, I called frolfing not real golf. I felt bad. Oh, it's a great <laughs> sport. I was a big frolfer in high school. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, frolfing is unbelievable. I feel like I'd sun. have a blast. Yeah. I used to use yeah. it as a workout. So every time you throw, <laughs> you got to sprint to your ball or your frisbee. Sorry. So you throw your you throw your frisbee. Terrible. Wait for it to land. You sprint to the next one. You sprint to it. Throw it, sprint. It's a hell of a workout. I went to, this is years ago, uh, Highland Ski Hill. 
they have a frisbee golf course. And I went there with a buddy one day and we were just playing for fun. And there was some dude who was pushing a stroller and sprinting between shots. And you're going up, like, it's not a mountain, but it's it's a, hill, a big hill, right? Yeah. And this guy was taken and put, I think he made it like four holes. And then he <laughs> tapped out. Cause, like, I give him credit. He was working his ass off, but it's like, uh, you know, it's a little bit hard. You know, that guy's like, before the round, he's like, oh, I got 18 in me. And I'm sprinting all 18. And then he lasts four holes. He's like, fuck it, I'm done. It's like you starting a diet. It's like, I'm going to go oh, yeah. hard at this fucking It's like the diet. New Year's resolution. I'm going hard at this. He's pushing the stroller and the kid's on the side walking up the hill with him. Like, you got it, Dad. <laughs> well, that sounds like an actual, that sounds like a great, great weekend, honestly. I, uh, I kept it super chill. I watched the Masters. Uh, I gummied out one night. That was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very nice actually needed that relaxation. Um, I wish Sunday would have been a little more exciting, but Scotty Scheffler is an animal, so can't be mad about it. The chef daddy. He's, yes. He's, he's on some, some type of roll right now. I don't know how long you keep it up, but it seems like every year in golf, you know, like we grew up with the tiger era kind of. Yeah. So I was just used to one golfer being the best golfer ever for so long. It seems like every year there's a new guy, you know, like there was Brooks Kepka and then you had John Rahm last year. Yeah. Spieth now you got Speeth yeah, for yeah. JT had his year. DJ God. had one of those years. And now you got Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Dude, yeah, it was true. so awkward on 18 when Scheffler. Imagine, imagine oh he gosh. five putts and they go into a playoff. I think I was texting my dad. I was like, watch this guy miss. <laughs> All these pots, and we go into a playoff. <laughs> then he missed the first two, and I was like shirt over my head. I couldn't yeah. watch it. It was so awkward. Have you guys have you guys seen all the videos of uh, Scotty Scheffler trying to put on his his vest or jacket throughout <laughs> throughout his career? No. And someone so so there's videos of him and pictures of him trying to put on jackets and vests and all the stuff throughout his career, and he's always struggling. So someone tweets this whole video out, and he's like. If this guy wins, it's going to be chaotic if he tries to put on that green jacket. And then it goes to him and then it goes to him trying to put the green jacket on and he missed the armhole like four times. Just just on par. And you see him there and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, oh, 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 there it is. Okay, yep." They need okay, they need to figure out that like master ceremony with the green jacket. It is the most awkward thing. Because it's like oh. a quiet room and nobody knows what to say. And then like poor Hideki Matsuyama barely speaks English. And so he's just sitting there nodding his head. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. he's got to put the jacket on. And yeah, he probably doesn't understand what's going on. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. How hard would that be <laughs> if we're over in China like playing these events oh, and they're yeah. all speaking Chinese? And we're just like, yeah, you want <laughs> yeah. oh, Put it on now? Yeah, yeah okay. That's like my one of my best buddies played in Riga, Latvia, and the coaches wouldn't speak English in practice. And he's like, he'd be screaming at him in Russian because he'd mess up a drill. And he'd, I don't know what he's saying, right? <laughs> he'd just go to the back of the line. And then before you know it, he doesn't get a rep in because he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> they go to the next drill. That's a, that'd almost be nice, though, because I used to bust drills even knowing exactly what's going on. That'd be nice to not understand because you're just like, well, I, I didn't know. I couldn't understand. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I had no excuse back in the day when I was just busting these drills, doing them wrong. Like, I explained, coach was like, I explained it perfectly and everyone else is doing it right. Well, 
I was fucking days and I was daydreaming off in the stands. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> you you do use those excuses though. Like you'll hear Evgeny Malkin and like Kaprizov. All their teammates will say like, "No, yeah, they speak great English. We talk to them all the time." And then they're in the media and like talking to people. And they're acting like they can't speak a lick of English because they're just fed up, like don't want to talk to people. Yeah, unreal excuse. Oh, it's that's great. Maddie, how about your weekend? You get up to anything good? I sat on the couch and watched the Masters. I watched the Frozen Four. Yeah. Um, I watched some NHL, and uh, I worked pretty much all weekend. Just kind of, I was from uh, home base, just kind of managing everything while I had. Uh, yeah. My partner was out showing houses for me and stuff, so. Made my life a little bit easier so I could watch a little bit of sports. Yeah, I mean, life as a realtor, you're kind of always on the clock there. I mean... It's nonstop. I've seen some people dealing with realtors trying to buy homes, and and they'll be sitting there at like 9.30 p.m. Like, oh, I've got... I don't have the answer to this. I, I better text my realtor. It's like, well, he... You know, your realtor's probably got a life. Probably doesn't <laughs> want to text back at 9.30 p.m., but... You know, you want that house though, so go go for it. I mean, there's nights where I've been on the phone at 11:30 at night, and we're talking oh. like you know terms and contracts and you know whatever, and you know it's just it's part of the job. So yeah, it is. I mean, it's probably. I mean, there's a you know there's pros and cons to every job, obviously. And- I I, I kind of equate it to like playing hockey, right? Like you work the weekends, and you know then you get kind of your your Sunday, your Monday. And your Tuesday are kind of like your light days, days off, and then you start picking it up Wednesday again. So I can imagine it's fucking wild right now too. It, it is. Yeah. It, it's demanding, right? Because you're working with a lot of buyers, and so you're running around the city. I mean, there's some weekends where I'm putting on 200 miles. You yeah, know, like I, you'll be up in like I don't know, you'll be up in like St. Michael, Albertville area, and then you'll go down to Rosemont, and then you'll go up to White yeah. Bear, and kind of anywhere in between so it it's a lot of driving it's a lot of podcast time but you know it's it's kind of nice i think it beats a a normal nine to five in some senses for sure you know you can kind of you can make your own schedule and and, and, for sure and do what you want but you know then the sacrifices you're kind of always on so if you're out to dinner you know like one time (laughs) i think this is last summer you know my girl and i were going to the mall of america because she likes to shop and look around and whatever and so it's kind of our time and I got a call from a client and they're like, God, we got to see this house right now. And I look at Lauren, I'm like, I got to go. And, and I drove <laughs> and I was like, eh, you know, here, you go shop around for a bit. I'm going to run show a house. I'll be back in like 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. And so you just ditch her to go <laughs> show a house quick. You come back. She's got a couple bags and, you know, showing the, showing the house around there, asking a few too many questions. You're like, yep. yep yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll see you later. I ditched my girl for this. So like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a nice weekend. I I had an unexpected weekend with uh so Ols kind of introduced me to this guy, Jude Hull. Yeah. Um Ols, how do you know Jude again? I mean he obviously has Duluth ties, but Yeah, so um yeah, I guess Jude and I are family friends and anyway, Brett Brett Hull, obviously a well known hockey name, uh played at UMD. Um Ended up being best buddies with Jim Tontnato, uh up in Duluth. Yep. I played with Dom Tontnato, uh, so just through that whole web of shit, uh, you know, we met a few times, and then I came down um, for Spring Jam, Spring Jam, right? Yep. Yeah, 
had a time and ended up meeting up with with Juder and all those guys, and we've kind of stayed in touch since. And Neil Goff, another buddy of Jude's, uh, another guy I've stayed in contact with forever. Yeah. So it's just through networking and that kind of stuff through. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a funny story. So my my dad actually was a freshman while at UMD on the football team while Brett was a freshman for the hockey team. Um, so they used to like my, my daddy, they used to work out together and kind of hang out in college. So my dad, you know, always told me he knew him. Um, but then, you know, when we, when I met Jude, it was, it was funny. Cause like, he was like, yeah, you know, it, my, I told my dad I was hanging out with him. He's like, Oh, ask him out, ask him how Troy is, you know, like it's my college buddy. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> small world. Yeah. But anyways, like I'm, so I've been to one Kid Rock concert in my life. I went to it. I went to it in we at We Fest. And when I was walking into the concert at We Fest, I was like, "Why am I here?" You know, like I was kind of pissed. Like I don't know any of this guy's songs. You know, he sings all summer long, whatever great song. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know what this is gonna be out, be about. And then I leave that concert, that first one, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that was insane." <laughs> he just puts on an absolute show. So I see he's in town this weekend. Pretty late. It was like on Wednesday. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to, we got to, I got to go. I'm not going to go alone. So I'm like texting a bunch of people asking if they have any interest in everyone saying no. And I text our group chat that Ols, Goffer, and Jude and I are in. Um, and I text those guys asking if they want to go and no one responds. And then Jude texts me back like, I think it was Thursday night or Friday even. And he's like, Hey, like I actually kind of want to go to that kid rock concert. Like, do you have tickets yet? And I'm like, no, like, but that's great. I'll, let's go. And he's like, yeah, don't get any tickets. I'll figure it out for us. Cause Brett lives in Nashville and his friends with all those guys. So we show up to the concert. I'm asking Jude, like where, we're all wondering where our seats are. There's four of us there. And we're like, where are our seats? He's like, I don't know, but I mean, it's gotta be pretty good. You know, kid, <laughs> kid, kid got them for us. <laughs> so we walk, so we walk up the will call. Yeah, we'll take our tickets. They're like, okay, here's your passes. They give us these lanyards. It says kid rock friends and family. So we're like, we're in, let's go. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Rock. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rock. <laughs> so we go downstairs in the friends and family section and, you know, get free drinks and food the whole night and watch a concert. It was an unbelievable time. And then um, that was Saturday. And then Sunday, um, Josty actually got me tickets to the, to the Colorado Kings game. So. Um, thank you, Josty. If you listen to this, probably won't because you're a big timer. The but... Colorado Kings game. Sorry, the Wild Kings game. I'm wow. Thinking of, <laughs> I'm thinking of Josie's the Ave. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was kind of an eventful weekend when I had planned on really doing nothing. So those are always the best. Yeah, it was oh, great. Yeah. Didn't see it coming, but uh, obviously something over the weekend happened. Um, no one in this room really likes what happened. <clears throat> only one guy in here likes what happened. So Matt played at Denver, obviously won a national championship there. And he's, you know, now Denver university has surpassed North Dakota and tied first place in national championships all time in NCAA. So I did kind of want to bring that up because, because, you know, you obviously have experienced what it's like there after this happens. 
So I just wanted to ask you, like, what's it like to Denver as a university when you guys win that championship? When you get back, like, oh, it's what awesome. goes on? Yeah, what places are you going to? Let's get the whole shindig. So I guess we'll go back to when we won it. So we won it in Chicago, which is pretty awesome. And so do you want me to pass this over? Yeah, yeah please. So we won it in Chicago. And so uh, we were at the United Center. We were actually in the Hawks locker room, which was pretty sick. And uh, Yeah, one seed, no big deal. <laughs> and so we... I think we played Notre Dame the first night, and uh, it, we kind of waxed them a little bit. I think it was like seven nothing or something like that, and so that you know it was a it was a good game for us. Standard NCHC Big Ten action. I know. Right? Well, they were hockey <laughs> East at the time. But, oh yeah, yeah never so mind. We'll, we'll cut them a little bit of slack, <laughs> but um, so then we played Duluth in the final, and that was a uh, it was obviously kind of a crazy game because. So Jared Lucas Savages had that hat trick yep. in the I think it was the second period, and uh, so we were up like three one I think, and then they scored and made three two, and so it was really tight at the end. And then you know t- to be honest, I don't know how you guys felt when you're in Tampa, but like I barely remember the game itself. Like nothing, it, it flies by, dude. Nothing. My actual memory of the ge- of that game is nothing. Oh, dude! I only remember what I watch on YouTube after. Yes, I, I I remember a small part of the game because I wasn't playing. Yeah, same. In in the in the championship game, I didn't play the last thirteen minutes because I had taken that penalty against you guys the night before <laughs> yeah. the the two the two days before. So I sat my ass on the bench for the next the last thirteen minutes of that game, and I remember it because uh, Joel Janatoinen got a penalty. Yep. And I had to give him my helmet while he was in the, his helmet broke. Yeah. So I had to take my helmet off, give it to him. And he's got a big ass fucking melon. And I, and I wore his helmet the rest of the game. Yeah. I'm shaking that. I put it on the smallest thing. I'm shaking. I think you can see videos of me shaking my head on the. Every just, time the puck goes by on the broadcast. You're oh, yeah. <laughs> just jerking off with 12 minutes to go. In the yeah, game. Yeah. Like, I get it. At least you got the so, sword up in the air after. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I was our sixth defenseman. So Blake Hillman and I played together. And Blake had played pretty consistent shift. And, you know, him and I would play together. And then like second period hit. It was tight. I think I don't remember what what happened, but anyway, I wasn't playing all that much. And then uh, third period comes around, and, and we're winning. Game's tight, whatever. And, and I'm like cold, like my legs. You could touch them, and they probably felt like ice. And uh, Tarek Hammond goes down. He's going to get a puck, or something happened, and he breaks his ankle, like just gruesome. Like I felt horrible for the guy. And so he goes off the ice, and coach is like. Comes up right behind me. I'm sitting there, whatever. David Carl comes up and he's like, Maddie, you got to play. I'm like, oh shit, I got to play. Like, and I hadn't had a shift in, you know, 20 minutes. Like, I'm cold. (laughs) And so I go out there and I'm trying to get into the game. And I think, like, first shift, they get a grade A scoring chance. I come back to the bench and DC's like, Maddie, like, come on, man. I'm like, I'm sorry. So, like, I got it together. I had a couple more shifts just like, to get us into eat minutes to yeah. get through. And then we got to like the end of the game where I didn't have to play anymore. They just relied on like Butchie and, yeah. and Planter and, you know, and Hilly and, uh, and Michael Davies and we got through it. And so then obviously we're celebrating at the end and doing the whole thing and, and all that. And 
they I think they kicked us off the ice because they're like, you guys got to go. We got a game tomorrow. Like yeah. the Hawks did. So they kicked yeah. us off the ice. We get in the locker room. We're celebrating. They come in again. They're like, you guys got to leave. Like we got a game to get ready for. So they kicked us out and uh, we got back to the hotel and it was just like packed and it was big party. And so I think we partied there till like 3 a.m. And in Chicago, the bars are open till like five. So we yeah. went out to the bars afterwards and, uh, you know, it was a bit of a blur. And then. So we get back and we were lucky where we had a private jet out the next day at like noon, which was perfect. So everyone slept in, you know, we all got breakfast, whatever. We get on the plane. Maddie Marson, who was sitting there with a trash bag the whole flight, just puking into it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he was hurting. <laughs> everyone else is like leaning Maddie back Marson. in the jet and Marty is sitting there just like chending in this bag. Um, and so when we got back, you know, it was a Sunday and. You know, I think most of the people there, I think they burnt a couch on like university and yeah. like, you know, they did the whole party and we got Standard. there. And so, yeah, people were pretty, I think pretty beat up from the night before. So we ended up going to the bar that night and, you know, it was mostly the guys and then a few stragglers. What's that the came bar on. you're going to? Like what's, what's the go-to bar? Go-to bar is C&G, which is kind of like the local, you know, yep. our, our camp, one of our campus bars. So we went there and then. Basically, for like the next two weeks, that trophy, I mean, you guys probably know is like a wooden credit card. Yeah. Like you just walk in anywhere and it's immediately like drinks and shots and food, like whatever you yeah. want. And so we were just kind of parading that around. So like we'd take it to C&G. Everyone kind of had like their own night where they'd take it home and sleep with the trophy and <laughs> whatever. And then uh, like we went to a Rockies game. After that, we went out downtown and had a time. Um, so we did just kind of like. Yeah, the typical stuff. It was fun because we were in a big city, and Denver's like obviously a, a major sports market, but it's like a it's kind of like a small big sports market. Yeah. So like it was a big deal for you know a lot of the people in the city. So you know it was just parading around, just having a good time, right? And oh so, yeah, love that. That's good shit. Yeah, it was it was fun, and so our our coaches were pretty good about. Um, you know, I know in years past with the trophy, you know, they gave you a little bit of time, and then they put it in the trophy case but monty was very much like nah you guys get this thing for like a month monty and was so, cool that way yeah he was cool that way so we basically just like the honor code you know if you have the trophy just make sure it doesn't get lost i think i want to say somebody we had it at one of our houses for a party and i think some girl broke her finger uh, with the trophy because she went to pick it up and like kind of dropped it on the table and it just shattered her finger <laughs> we were all like all right here we go <laughs> so that was kind of you know it was it was just a lot of fun like when it, those that month or i guess for the rest of the year because we do at denver we have the quarter system instead yeah. of like your semester and so we carry on until like june which in denver is like prime weather so we're outside in like 70 degrees sunny weather for like the whole spring quarter. Oh, you got to be yeah. still celebrating just the entire time you're still at school. The entire time. And the teachers are all for it, right? Because yeah. it's a, like, it's a big deal when you, when you do it. Cause it's a lot of like, a lot of publicity, a ton and of publicity. And, and that in turn, that brings more people that want to go to the school and whatever. So all that was good. Um, we actually, my, my senior class, we had 10 guys by my senior year. We had 10 guys that had stayed. And so a kid on our team's parents had a condo in, Hawaii. And so he was like, yeah, I think we do a senior trip. And uh, Who is it? which guy was this? Brad Hawkinson. 
Is he in the CIA right now or something? No, or wasn't he's... he trying to do that like Russian? No, so he's a he's a pilot in the Air Force. Yeah, Air Force or Navy, I can't remember. And uh, so he's in pilot school right now, and I think he's about to get deployed uh, or not deployed overseas, but he's gonna yeah figure out where he's stationed. Um, and so anyway, so he his parents had a place out in Hawaii. Then he's like, yeah, we can go, we can stay there, you know, the for so we went for ten days. And uh, it was just the boys in Hawaii for oh, 10 days. Sounds terrible. And it, was, oh, dude, it was unbelievable. And they, uh, so we basically just had to tell our teachers like, hey, uh, we're, we're going to go on this trip. So we're not going to be here for 10 days. Can you like cut us a break on our, you know, classes and homework or whatever? They're like, yeah, no problem. Just as yeah. long as you get it done by the end of the quarter, like we're all good with that. Yeah. And so we got our stuff done and got to enjoy a trip out of it. So it was a. Uh, it was a fun spring quarter. Did, yeah, did sure. Butchie, did Butchie get to go out there with you guys, or was he kind of – because he was – did he sign right after the season or no? Because he no. was – So he was uh, drafted by Colorado. And, and they didn't sign him. No, they didn't sign him. Um, and so he went to, like, free agency. And so he got to stay for the whole thing, and then he got to kind of pick where he wanted to yeah. go play. And so it was nice because he got to you know spend that extra time with us and whatever, which was good. Butchie was one of my best friends in Ann Arbor. We were on the team and um, the guy, the guy has, you know, like ton of hockey players have skill and talent. And I mean, Butch has some skill and talent, but nowhere near the talent and skill you need to like be as good as he is. Mm -hmm. His hockey mind and his IQ is just, it's out the roof. Like it's insane how well he thinks the game and he knows Five seconds before what he's doing with the puck, before he gets it, like every play, it's insane. And his like his shot isn't like a heavy shot or anything, but everything he shoots gets through. And it was always like, I mean, he had what I don't know, he had like forty points that year as a D man. Oh, he's a Hobie Baker. Yeah, he's a Hobie Baker winner, obviously. But yeah, he was just like everything got through. He like never made mistakes. I think in in the four years that I played with him. There was one game where he just had a bad game and got sat. And I think he was like sick with like the flu and whatever. So it was like everyone understood. (laughs) But it was like besides that, that guy played like a perfect college career. He literally did. Every every game he played was just – I always used to like watching him even when he was on my team. I'd just stare at him on the ice and count how many – like just bad play. Like not the right play that he would make. I mean, there are, there are many games where I couldn't count one. Yeah. That I was, was like, how do you do that? I'm counting myself. I think my average game was like 12, mm-hmm. not the right play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm watching him. I'm like, I can't fucking find anything that he's doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Always in the right spot. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And he was a good leader, too. I think he 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 kind of was one of those guys that grew a lot from freshman year to senior year because he was a little bit quiet freshman year. And then, uh, you know, he, what was cool that we had out in Denver is we would do at the end of the year or towards the end of the year, kind of when after Christmas, when we were starting to get into kind of like playoff mode and playoff season, we'd always do this kind of like big review of all the guys on our team. And so like guys would sit in the middle of the room in like the hot seat and everyone could just say whatever they wanted about that guy. Right. And, you know, most of it was like constructive and whatever, and freshman year, he got kind of called out for just not being around the guys and whatever. And he took it to heart. And, you know, by the end of it, 
that guy was always around. It wasn't like he was going out and just getting hammered and whatever, but like he was showing up and he was being around the guys and being a part of the group. And, you know, once he started doing that, you know, that was, that helped our culture a ton because it was like, we have this legit player who wants to be around us and sticks around. And it was, you know, it paid dividends, I think in the long run. That goes, yeah. I mean, it just goes to show like you can be a really good player, but that, personal aspect and hanging out with the guys and and being with them and being a part of them goes so far. And I mean, if, if Butch is the same guy, he is freshman year as he is senior year when he's captain. I mean, do you guys even win the national championship? Maybe not. No, I mean, Butch, could have laughed too. Right. And that would have completely changed our team because he was our, you know, he's the biggest part of our team. Obviously you won the Hobie Baker and you know, he was, uh, yeah, he's a great leader, and you know we were pretty fortunate to have him. And, and and you guys know you played at a you know great program. It all comes down to the culture and and carrying on that tradition through the alumni and and yeah, everything. And that's for sure. You know, you guys have seen it. You guys won national championships, so you understand. It's you know it, it's it's much more than just the one year. It's everything that leads up to it. Yeah, that, that makes the difference. So yeah, I mean that's what's that's what's cool about having you here, just playing at Denver. Not that all the other schools aren't great in their own sense it's just i feel denver does have that tradition and culture that you know just like north dakota when you're playing there you're you're worried about how you do but you're also like in the back of your mind you're like i have to carry on this tradition of like this school doing what it did you know year after year that pressure's on me now and i gotta set i gotta set in stone and, and set the example for the next guys that are coming after me. So, yeah. Um, and I know a ton of schools are building that right now. It's just not up to where North Dakota and Denver are. And, yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, it's pretty cool that you guys thought about that. Let's get into our hypotheticals now. Absolutely. Um, so obviously the first ones based off the of last weekend, let's do all of our master's dinner so what what you would choose for your master's dinner if you won the masters okay we'll go we'll just go appetizer main on course dessert okay does anyone want to start us off not me not not this time i guess the the guests will speak yeah fire away <laughs> yeah all right so i'll start with the appetizer and i'm taking this out of hideki's playbook assorted sushi yeah is Hideki. incredible especially at the masters yeah. like they're not getting some cheap target stale sushi yeah. like you're getting the good like you're having some chef come in with some nice stuff okay, let's let's touch on hideki's meal this year has there ever been a better meal i don't think so no. they released that meal and everyone's like this is elite i was <laughs> i was i was salivating reading it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so are we going appetizers all the way around or are we doing yeah yeah let's go appetizers all the way around so we got assorted sushi okay i'm gonna go with um (laughs) uh fuck i'm going with oh no i I didn't think this through very well but i'm gonna go with uh cream cheese wontons I'm not against it. I'm not against it either. I uh, had that this weekend. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're fucking good, man. Yeah. That shit just melts in your mouth. I don't know why, but it's the first thing that came to mind, and I'm going to go with it. Mine's going to be a little weird. 
Um, I'm just going to preface mine with there will be no fruit and no salad in my meal because I don't no fuck chance. with fruit or salad. Yeah. Potatoes. But uh, for the appetizer, I'm going to go for like a southern kind of meal because that's what I kind of like to eat. So I'm going pulled pork sliders for the appetizer. Wow. Okay. All right. I like that. It's a great play. There it is. My appetizer is going to be crab cakes. Nice. God, is that um, smart. Crab yeah, cakes just some football. crab cakes, easy appetizer. And I feel, you know, obviously crab cakes are, it's it's hit or miss, but the master chefs, they're hitting. Yeah. It's going to be a good crab cake. Yeah, I agree. All right. So I put start, you, you asked for starters, but I won't go there. So the main, so I went to Germany over uh, Christmas because my best buddy plays in Ingolstadt over in the German Dell. Yep. And uh, he really introduced me to German food while I was over there. And holy shit, do they cook a good a good meal. And so I got pork schnitzels with mushroom cream sauce with a spetzel, which is like a, a potato-like <laughs> noodle and broccoli. <laughs> this is out of left field, but I shit you not. When you have one of these, you're going to, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but you're going to love it. You're going to shoot your shorts. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Once that sounds fucking delicious. It was really I'm good. a huge foodie. I love food, especially shitty food for me. So, <laughs> um, so we all. But all, all food, I rarely say no to any kind of food, so that sounds delicious. Um, I'm going to go with just a simple um, filet. But I need mac and cheese on the side. Little family port, like it's in a it's yeah. in a big yeah. plate where y'all help you, you yeah. help your own. So like, if you're really like the girls can take half a scoop and then you can take three scoops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like I'm eating the entire side. Yeah, because I love mac and cheese. <laughs> I can eat a full craft dinner. Yeah, in thirty seconds. You got a plate of mac and cheese with the side of yeah. steak. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, I, yeah, I guess I'll throw in some some green beans in there too. I, I like green beans; they're a nice twist. So, I'm right with you. I said uh, prime rib with mac and cheese, carrots, nice green beans. Yeah, all that. love that. Yeah. I was gonna go with a ribeye. Yeah, medium rare, obviously. Um. And then I was going to have broccolini on the side. Yeah. I don't know what it is, what the difference is between broccolini and broccoli. I think it's just, just longer. Yeah, it's longer. And I just feel, you know, more wealthy and rich when I eat yeah. broccoli. Yeah. It's higher end. It's like if I'm eating broccoli, I'm like, I uh, might be middle class, but broccolini, like, um, I might be a millionaire. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, just a side of maybe scalped or mashed potatoes. Nice. Oh. Yeah. I was almost going to throw scalloped potatoes in mine too. But I'm yeah. cheesy yeah. scalloped potatoes. I, I actually like I actually like your pick a little more because we're just I'm just going straight American. Yeah. Here. yeah, I was gonna I was gonna do like this whole Mexican taco bit, but it's the masters. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's to like, be like little, it was last year. I was on know? the same page as you. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I'm going to be honest. I sat here and probably thought about this for an hour. <laughs> oh, this was the toughest one. I was like, what would I... Ch I mean, I would be panicking if I actually won the Masters. If I was Scotty Scheffler sitting here right now, he won the Masters, what, two days ago? I'd be sitting here like, fuck, what am I going to pick for dinner next year? It's going to throw didn't somebody have, off all year. Didn't somebody have chicken tenders or something? Well, I'm sure it's been done. Yeah, I yeah. think it has. Like, 
I don't think it matters. Yeah, like, but when you're at the Masters, you got to have, like, a high-end meal. Oh, yeah. Like, throwing chicken yeah, tenders on there. Yeah. That's kind of a pigeon move. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are we going for dessert? Okay, dessert. I, like I just that. had your classic chocolate sundae. Like, you know, really? so, like, when we were on the road and you'd be, like, I don't know, in, like, Miami of Ohio, you're at the hotel, you eat your dinner, and then you go up and they have just, like, those cheap cup, like, styrofoam cups with, like, chocolate sundaes in it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh maybe yeah. maybe you guys don't. Oh yeah, those were the like the cheapest, but the best. And so I'd do that. That's nice. I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm staying class on the classy side, but I want like four slices of cheesecake. Yep. Raspberry chocolate drizzled yeah, cheesecake. Little, you can like maybe maybe like sl- thin slices of each flavor. Oh, on the plate. Yeah, those can be inserted yeah. in me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for mine, I actually picked two desserts. So one's the actual dessert, and then one's like the after dessert. So the first dessert's like a chocolate cookie bar with some ice cream and fudge, like yeah. a little sundae. Yeah. But then, gotta get some cigars out. Steaks and stogies. You gotta do <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. There you go. Oh, okay. There That's the real dessert. Yeah. Okay. I had a little oddball just because I like standing out. I was going uh, Oreos and milk. Oh, everyone knows double you know, stuff or regular double stuff. Yeah. yeah you know, you, you bring out those double stuffs and they're not going to be in the packaging. You know, they'll probably yeah. be bl- brought out on a plate, maybe even, you know, fried a little bit. I don't know, like a little <laughs> different, but then you got the milk and you're dipping it in there and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? And I'm yeah. just sitting there like, yeah, I like Oreos and milk. <laughs> yeah. Were you ever a guy that took like cookies and cream ice cream? Dumped it into a, a cup and then put a bunch of milk in it, mixed it up to make like a Oreo milkshake. I never truly did that myself, but That's I, a have, sin. I have had that. Yeah. I've had that, and it's it's not really a sin. It's it's great. No, I'm yeah. saying it's a sin that you've never done that oh, on you, your own. You do it. You do it often. Oh fuck yeah! And then I ladle chocolate syrup in there as well. <laughs> you know, you're only going chocolate syrup. I would. I would grab the caramel bottle out of the oh, fridge. And just oh, that's nice. Put yeah. some caramel in there. That's so oh. nice. I, I love that you brought up Oreos. Uh, first time I ever smoked. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is, you know, I don't really give a shit. Uh, but first time I ever smoked, uh, I ate a full three racks. So. <laughs> I remember that. I remember the deleted yeah. gone. Remember, what is that like? Eighteen thousand calories. I remember dude. one of the. I remember the, one of the first times I had smoked. Coming down after watching Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan highlights for two hours. Yep. Coming down or whatever, and I have this this full can of Jiffy <laughs> peanut butter, and all I remember was watching Just TV, you and the dog. watching TV at the end. of <laughs> <laughs> all I remember was watching TV and I'm looking at this fucking Jiffy bottle that where I had it like a spoon. It wasn't even a knife. And it was empty. I had ate a full Jiffy bottle oh of God. peanut butter in one sitting just watching TV. I was like, oh, this is so good. Just eating peanut butter from a spoon. Oh. I was sitting there and I threw gummy bears in my mouth because I was laying on the floor for three hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, Trevor, uh, do you want to know how many calories you had? Yeah, I do. 
1908. Yeah, that sounds about right. Full three racks, them bitches. Oh. <laughs> Brings me back to the calorie challenge with uh, General Patton up at North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best thing in the world. We might have to bring that up, okay? This is... So at North Dakota, we... What day? It was on like a Sunday. It's or it's Monday. after uh, Hell Week or whatever. It's yeah. after all that shit. So we do all our training and stuff, and then, so, at North Dakota, before we go out on the ice, there was one guy. Whoever was designated that guy, or whoever claimed it that year, would shout out like, "Olsen got the first one tonight!" Like before the game. Yeah. Olsen got the first goal tonight, and everyone be like, "Wow!" Well, we're all like. We get done with our training and we're doing this McDonald's challenge. Like we're all going to McDonald's. We're all going to sit down and McDonald's has all the calories put on everything that you eat. So we're all counting our calories. Whoever gets the most gets their meal for free. So we're all just pushing ourselves. You know, we're, we're going there to try to push ourselves to eat as much as we can. And before we leave, we're all heading over. Like we basically pre-gamed it at an apartment. We're all like pumped up. Like, let's go. We're going to McDonald's. Let's go. And Wade Murphy, <laughs> Wade Murphy screams out like, Gordy's got the first burger. <laughs> we all started dying laughing. What are we doing? I remember, I remember me and Tomer got in a battle in that, me and Keaton Thompson, and we got in a battle over calories. We're trying to beat each other. We're going back up, ordering more. Oh and God. we're both in the McDonald's bathroom over the toilet like, <laughs> <laughs> about to puke up like four pounds of food (laughs) i think we had a challenge in Denver. i don't know we never did this but it was talks of i think it was a 30 rack of beer between two guys a full domino's pizza and like a taco bell like taco box and who could do that the fastest without puking i'd delete it oh my god that is <laughs> the Domino's pizza and the Taco Bell wouldn't last ten minutes, and that's a promise. But it's the thirty beers. Yeah, yeah. there's well, that, fifteen oh. beers you got to put down. Before. And it's oh it's my. like Natty Light too. Uh, well, I guess we had Keystone out in Colorado. So yeah, like, we were big Bush Light guys. Yeah, what, wasn't Keith a bad Stone. thing. Yeah, Keystone. That was my that was my brother's drink of choice back in high school when I used to go pick him up from the parties. Yeah, be <laughs> hammered on Keystone. You know what I liked about Keystone was their can. It was a little slimmer than the rest. Yep. A little yeah. Harder on top. Yeah, Easier kind of, to grip. Yeah, yeah. Just you felt like you had a big hand gripping this keystone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the best beard arts can. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, Most yeah. indestructible. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Let's move on to the next one. Okay, so what's your process on when someone random follows you? Meaning, like, how do you determine if you follow them back or not? Oh, it's a tough one. Well, so I, so my my Instagram now, and I don't. This, and this can go back. Like obviously we're all in different. Like yeah, someone yeah. random follows me now. It's like, fuck out of here. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But back in the day, you're like, you know, in college or high school, you're like, oh, who's this following me? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, you do your research, right? Like they follow you. You got to dig it, yeah. in and, yeah. and see. And so you check out the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter. Um, at the time, there was no TikTok or anything. So, I mean, if it was, God, my girlfriend's going to hate me for this. But like, <laughs> if it was a girl, it's like, okay, you're, you're looking into it, probably falling back. If it was a guy, you're like, ah, 
I don't know. Maybe. Like, yeah. If you know him, you're like, all right, yeah, yeah I'll give him the fallback. Yeah. But if you don't, you're like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, say, I'll say if it's a guy that follows, if there's... <clears throat> First off, I'll just try and recognize the name. Like, yeah. have I met this guy before? You Look know, at some. Did I did I meet this guy at a party or something? Whatever it might be. Um, if that doesn't come through, then I'll see if they're following. You know, a bunch of my buddies. Yeah. And if that's the case, then yep. I'll give them the follow. Yeah. If not, and like it's private, then I'll go to like a Facebook, whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, nowadays I just I actually switched my thing to private. Yeah. Um recently i don't know why i just yeah. whatever you yeah. know i got a gal things are closed off get the yep. fuck out of here yep. kind of yep. thing yep. but i'd say if a, if, if a gal followed me in college yeah there was a 98 percent chance i was following her back without any <laughs> research <laughs> within a minute right <laughs> yeah. you're sitting on your phone as... you're clicking it right away <laughs> yeah. fall back excuse you me you don't this? even look at the profile <laughs> shelves i love you shelves i love you i love you so much nowadays you get like the 18 year old and whatever like yeah. follow my only fans account you're like uh, probably should follow that one back <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. pass there. now yeah. nowadays i kick them to the side but uh yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna that, that was my process yeah i mean that's you know it's if it's a guy you you click on him you either go if he's private it's like Probably not following you then. I don't know who you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you can see his pictures, you see someone you know, like he's with, and then like some guys you know follow him, you're like, ah, I feel should probably follow him back, follow him back. And then you text your buddies, like, hey, like, so you follow this guy, like, what do you think? I don't even know that guy. I don't know that guy. I'm like, fuck, I already follow this guy. Now I got to unfollow him. <laughs> They're private. You give them the follow back. You look yeah. at them and then see unfollow. Oh, that was yeah. like the girl, that was like the girl thing on Instagram. Like, if a girl follows you and you click on her account, like, who the hell is this? And then you click on her account and it's private. You're like, well, what the hell? But then they got the Visco page there, which is just their same Instagram page, just on a different platform. Yeah. So it's like, why are you private Yeah. when you want me to see all your pictures on Visco? So obviously you click on that Visco page and scroll like, oh, yeah. Probably deserves a follow. I don't know. Yeah. And then they baited you and they unfollow you. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a free follow out of it. Yeah, you always check back in like a week later, see if they're still following you. Like go through their following. Like, I'm still following me. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Cool, cool. We're good. <laughs> the one I get a lot now is the the forex traders. Dude, I, yeah, I get that all the time. I was gonna touch on those guys. Like, they all have what 18k, 20k followers, posting these like. Every, it seems like almost every one of them posts pictures like when they're on a yacht and like at some club like with their arms wide open yeah. like oh yeah. forex trading <laughs> uh, crypto <laughs> forex it's like dude I'm not gonna follow you and then I I see that you sent a DM in my request saying like hey Gage like no not Gage <laughs> I don't want to talk to you man like I'm not gonna fucking give you my money <laughs> Mace. Uh, so I kind of, it's not uh, set in stone or anything, but it's kind of like a flow chart for me. So number one, is it a bot? Yeah. Cause I don't know why, but like, especially recently I've been getting so many bots that followed me. Yeah. I've had like seven in the past three days and I don't, I haven't even posted in like since the pond hockey tournament. Yeah. yeah. And then second, do I know him or not? Check with my homies, see if they know him, whatever. And then third, is it a chick or a dude? 
if she, is it a chick? If it's bad, is she bad? I'm following her. But well, no questions asked. Like <laughs> no questions asked. I mean, she's got to be like in the state, in the area. I but, mean, I'm not just yeah, gonna follow I mean, someone from yeah. California. And I but... was like, I was kind of like basing this question off like when you were in college, like not in some full time relationship. You know, yeah, I love you, Shelby, so much. When you're getting that random follow in college, you have no idea who the chick is. Like, you're just like, oh, like, yeah, I'll follow her. And then you're just like, hopefully, if she likes one of my picks, I'm going to like one of hers. You know? <laughs> yeah. Then she likes one back. Then yeah. the games begin. Yeah, she, so how many likes does it take you guys? Like, so if you were to f- get a random follow in college and then she likes one of yours, you like one of hers, and she likes you back. Like, to me, that's an automatic I'm in. Like I can yeah. DM. The door's open. <laughs> I feel like you don't want to send out that random DM where like you don't know <laughs> yeah. if they're gonna respond. Like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Oh, it's two thirty a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they uh, like like one or two pictures, like oh, I'll think that's like an accident or something. We'll blow it off, whatever. But if they're like in three or more, like I'm hitting them with a like or two back and see well, what yeah. happens. The worst is when you're like doing your research, right? And you're you're going down, you're deep into their timeline, and then you accidentally like <laughs> one like from two years ago. <laughs> and then you panic unlike it, but you they get notified. It, but they get the notification yeah. that you liked a picture from four years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. Okay, now this kind of plays off the last one. How many unanswered texts? Or DMs can be sent to you, or do you feel? We'll go for the first one. Will be can be sent to you before you're like, okay, like I might need to block. Yeah, I may need to do something. The other side of it is, how many unresponse texts or DMs do you feel comfortable sending to someone without being like, I'm kind of being a weirdo right now. <laughs> <Is> this- <laughs> 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 oh it's a tough one i know i think like are we talking college days or now no i'm talking more i mean i don't know about you but i don't i'm not getting any more of those ridiculous yeah dms i don't think any of us are and i'm not sending them but back in the day like i don't know if i ever sent that many to like with with no answer but i did get some from weird ass people you know that yeah. wouldn't stop messaging and it's like oh, I might want to stop this I feel like you guys it was a little bit different for you guys because you guys have a crazy following at North yeah. Dakota right where like you guys are more of like a, a professional team in a sense where you know like you're selling out you're building 13,000 fans every game and you guys are like the big ticket on campus which like we were a big ticket on campus but we're not having like the crazy following like you guys did Yeah. so I could see where you guys probably get i don't want to say hackled a little bit more but you have people that are you know more sure. involved with you know what you guys are doing that's just what you get with grand for i mean you're yeah. in denver there's plenty of other things to do for those yeah. people yeah if you're if you're in grand forks there's really only one thing for you to root for yeah i mean it's just the university whether it's football basketball hockey whatever it is yeah yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> This is an interesting question because, <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like and it I, doesn't happen. It doesn't have to happen to you either. Like, yeah. if it's never happened to you, that's fine. I'm just saying, what's your line on like when 
If it's never happened to you, that's fine. I just want you to give your opinion on if it did. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'd say I, I was like pretty active on like stories or whatever. So if like somebody posted like a funny story, I'd say something, whether it was a like or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't necessarily say I was like trying to dive in, you know, I yeah. was just kind of like, whatever. So, ah, oh, that's a tough question. I'm going to go with if, first off, if somebody's sending me, I respond to every, everything. Yeah. So if somebody's sending me, you know, three messages yeah, well, well, and I'm, and I'm not answering, get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, well, well here's the question is how many do you, so say you're, you see this girl on Instagram in college or high school and you're like, I kind of want her to give me some attention. Yeah. How many do you feel comfortable comfortable sending without a response before you're like, ah, I'm going to abort mission here? Uh, two. Pro- it's got I'd, I'd be even, I'd, two maybe, or three. Yeah, two yeah. or three is probably two, my range. I mean, if you're sending, if you're sending four, and it, or five, and it six. depends on what the type is. Like, if you're replying to, <laughs> if you're replying to a story saying like, "Oh, like that's funny," or you know, "Oh, wow, you're there tonight." It's yeah. a little different than an unsolicited, like, no response to a yeah. story or picture. Just, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. And then a week later, "Hey, what's up?" Ah. Uh, see, I don't, I don't know if yeah, I do that. That's not no, it. you'd never do it. Yeah. But even even the story part, like if you're just being a normal guy, like they post a funny story, you're like ah, that was that was good. Next week, ah, like if, I like that. Or you're commenting on someone something in the in the story, like yeah, talking but, about something they're doing, like oh you're you're there, like you got to get this. But even then, I feel kind of weird, right? Yeah. You do, like you do, yeah. So you're, and you're just being normal. And you're being normal, but then it yeah. feels weird. Like I'm, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to like be nice. Literally, that's yeah. all. Like I thought that shit was funny, and then you don't really get a response, and it's like ah. Oh, and now I'm they're on a podcast a- <laughs> talking about me DMing them without yeah. no response. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like if you're inquiring and you 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 send them something, no response. And then you you poke them again, no response. Then it's like okay, you got to be out. Yeah. Now if you're if you message them. And you're getting a little bit back, and then you know you you ask to hang out, and they kind of come up with an excuse, and then you poke them again to try to hang out, and then they still come up with an excuse. Then it's like okay, after two times, they're probably not interested, you know, and and they're probably thinking like a little bit of creeper vibes. Yeah, would be my thought behind it, but I don't yeah. know. Mace, what are you going with here? Um, for me, messaging someone. It all depends if, like, you can see if they've seen it or not. So if they, like, if it does show that it's seen, I'm going two. But if it doesn't, I'm going three. Because yeah. you never know if they have actually looked at it or not. But that being said, not, like, once a week or whatever. That would be, like, two the first day, what's up? And then yeah, yeah, one the next day. Yeah, if you're going multiple in the same day, no response, like, yeah. hey, in the morning, and then, like, a hey, what's up at night, and you got nothing back, then you should probably just okay. Okay. So <laughs> here, get out. out so here's another question. How many, like, how often did you send an unsolicited, like, DM out there? Um, throughout your time, just no reason, like, you send a DM to someone, hey. 
What's up? Uh, um, <clears throat> in college, especially many <laughs> unsolicited many. I'll just be honest with you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that's what I was expecting to hear. Yeah. But I guess like <clears throat> through my process of like when I moved to Orlando, none, Yeah. you know, and then move back home and then you know the dating apps and all that shit kind of came to be through the later years or whatever instagram's got to be the best dating app in the world it's it's unused yes yeah yeah but it's it's weird too like that's kind of how shelby and i met we met on hinge when i was still in duluth my plan was to go back to orlando or whatever and that didn't end up happening i decided to be done with hockey and then i was like okay that's when I deleted my North Dakota Instagram or whatever the one I had then, and I just restarted basically all my social medias except Twitter because I'm hilarious on there. <laughs> but Twitter, you know, Twitter is still a low key gem. It's it might oh, be the yeah. best social media. Yes. It's it's my favorite. This it is, is. It's my entertainment. Like yes, guys go home and either watch TV or do whatever hobby they like, and like. There'll be plenty of nights where I go home and I'm like, ah, I'm going to watch a TV show tonight. And I'll turn it on and then all of a sudden I'll just find myself sitting on the couch, look, scrolling <laughs> Twitter, commenting on people's things. And all of a sudden I'm like, why did I even start this episode? I haven't watched this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, um, so we met on Hinge or whatever. And then I deleted some stuff, whatever. I ended up deleting the dating apps. But I had followed her and gotten her number, or whatever, from Hinge. Well, a year later, I had moved down here, and I had followed her on my new Instagram or whatever, and I threw an unsolicited DM at her. And yeah. it works. If it's it's Michael Scott. You miss you miss a hundred percent of the shots. You don't take Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> no, it ended up working out, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'd say in college, I sent out. Well, that's what I kind of want to get. That's what I want to get to is like guys who are listening to this, maybe thinking about unsolicited DMing girls they like, or yeah. I, what are we to tell them to do? You know, like I think I think you send one for sure. Like you shouldn't feel, you should feel comfortable sending one for sure. And my advice is if you're going to send a DM, don't just start it off with, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Maybe reply to a story saying like, Hey, Oh, cool shoes or that. That's a, that's, that's a, a very, good spot. That's a very at, good point. You know? I don't, I don't want to butt in because, yeah. But when I, I wasn't the fucking ladies man, right? Like yeah. I was a funny guy and whatever. And yeah, you know, uh, so I naturally I got friend zoned quite a bit, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it just, it was the way it was like my freshman year. I didn't play a whole lot of hockey games. So like I stayed back and I hung out with the girlfriends of the guys on the team or whatever. Yeah. So like I, that was me just like being a friend, yada, yada. But that kind of transitioned in how to, I talked to girls that I was interested in. Yeah. Cause yeah. you don't want to scare them off. You don't want to scare yeah. them off. But then if you don't, do anything either you're just kind of stuck there and then it's like ah yeah yeah, that's so true you're a buddy no you do nothing nothing happens it it sucks to talk about it like it's a game yeah yeah like it's a game to like wheel girls or talk to them and 
it's not i mean it is kind of a game but it's also like they're strategical ways it's like when you watch the movie hitch yeah people are like oh hitch sets guys up with girls like it's terrible but it's like he's just telling these guys how to be confident and to talk to these girls yeah. and what's the guy, what's the white guy's name in that movie i'm that guy q-tip guy what's yeah his, what's his <laughs> name to, um <laughs> Anybody, Bueller? Oh, my God. <laughs> I know it's on the top of my fucking tongue. Ah, we'll get back to it. Anyway, I'm, I'm the chubby like white guy in that movie. A lot of it comes with you need a connection with the person, too. Yeah. So, like, if you've met them in person before, in whatever you have that attraction or whatever the case may be, then it's a little bit easier to reach out to them, too, and probably have some success. Because I feel like nowadays girls don't want to be solicited by a random person that no, no. they don't know because yeah. they're probably getting solicited by random people all the time. Yeah. And it comes back to like, I don't know, I'm in sales, right? And, you know, this is kind of weird, I guess. But, they, you know, like people I work with, they want to work with somebody they like, know, and trust, right? It's so like a girl, if they don't know you and they have that, they don't have that relationship, well, how are they supposed to like you and trust you? You know, it, well, I mean, relationships the, are it, sales, right. though. Like they are, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the in the long run, I feel yes. like th- this this conversation can go two ways, right? Yeah. Like if you're, you know, young, that's creepy. I don't like that. <laughs> I hate paranormal activity. That door just fucking opened, and I'm out to do it. Cancel it. We're done. I'm going home. Um, no, I think there. I mean, there's two different alleys, right? You yeah. see the long haul with somebody, yeah. Or the short game. Short yep. game usually happens when you've had a few beverages and yep. you take yeah. a shot. <laughs> Jesus H fucking hell. <laughs> I figured it out. It scared the absolute shit out of me. Hey! We got some, visit- we got some visitors on the podcast. JJ tonight. Twins <laughs> making an JJ appearance. Twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. It's like paranormal activity. Yeah. Well, the door creaked open, and I can't see it from my peripherals. Yeah, please. There's no lock. <laughs> Sorry about that. We had the JJ twins drop by and say hello. Uh, obviously, I thought it was a ghost. Scared the absolute piss out of me. And then Mace went out there to check, and... He got scared himself, we so found I don't feel too yeah. bad. Yeah, we found him. They came in, said hello. Uh, you heard a little bit of it. We paused. You know, can't can't have too much of that conversation get out there. But that's another 10K podcast. Uh, the JJ Twins. Feel free to give them a listen. But uh, we were discussing uh, the difference between the long haul direct yeah. message. You know, the the friend, the trust that you had talked about with being a salesman. You know. In the long haul, a gal will probably want more from you if she knows you. Yep. And uh, the short haul, all it might take is a you up question mark. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's when you're feeling risky. That that's really risky. That's like that's like you can't find an Uber from Joe Black's. <laughs> like once, you're partly yeah. you're partly asking for a ride home. Yeah. <laughs> And you might a be place at, to sleep you, you might can't be make at, it to your You place. might be asking for a lot of things that late at night when you're like you up. It's like either like you kind of want to play video games with a guy. Yeah. Might oh, watch we're texting it. guys, yeah. you up? Well, even a girl like, hey, I'm kind of in the video game <laughs> yeah. mood. None of my buddies will text me back. 
do you want to play NHL with me? (laughs) (laughs) We can go to sleep after, I promise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I just think the, uh, I think there's two ways to go about it. Obviously, everybody's different, but I mean, if you're digging a gal, you might as well feel it out, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really does depend on who it is you're messaging, what time of day, obviously, if, if you've had a couple of drinks on a Saturday at 7.30, feeling confident, you got that liquid confidence in you, yeah. you might be sending something. But if you're sober, like sitting there on a weekday, and you send one, there's a little more meaning behind that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's got to be a little more serious. Yeah. But... Uh, you better have a good topic to talk about, too. Yeah. You got you to come you, with... If you hit them with the you up or what's up, and then you got nothing, you're done. You need you yeah. need to be creative. Don't don't expect any reply to hey what's up? What are they gonna say? Sitting on the couch? You? Cool, so am I. Yeah. Where are you gonna go from there? Yeah. Have uh, your script ready to yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a strategical game and whether we like it or not, it is a little game. Yep. But uh yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to Matt's hockey career, what what we're here to talk about. So Matt, you're actually, you're actually from kind of Grand Forks, right? Like you grew up there a little bit. Yeah. So funny. Uh, do you guys have a lot of North Dakota fans who are listeners? I would guess. Do you yeah. think? Yeah. yeah, you think. <laughs> so, fun fact. So there's one street in Grand Forks that actually is home to two national champions, myself and Paul Ledoux. Let's go. That's so Pale, Pale, Paul, Pale. Paul and I actually grew up on the same street, Robertson Court. Um, yep. So if you go on Washington, you go 17th Avenue South, kind of by the old uh, Lincoln Golf Course. Paul and I, uh, so I was born on that street. Paul moved in when he was pretty young. And uh, so Paul and I knew each other really well as we were growing up. We hung out a lot, played a lot of night games together ripping around on razor scooters and all that. And so I, you know, I knew Paul when he was really young and, and I knew Luke uh, pretty well as well. Cause he had come live with him essentially in the summer. Yeah, a little, young, so. little younger than you guys. And Steve yep. was off on his coaching gigs. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So I, I did grow up in Grand Forks. I went to uh, Holy family elementary school, little Catholic school. And then uh, I went to Schrader middle school for one year before uh, I moved to the cities. Cause my, my mom took a job in the city. So, so that's how you got to, so, you end up playing for the Dino Hornets. Yep. So your your parents decide to move from Grand Forks and they go straight to Edina. Well, do you know, like <laughs> at this point, do you know, like what Twin Cities hockey is, or like you're jumping into like probably the best hockey school, high school in Minnesota? So uh, let's just say it, it was planned where I ended up in in a sense. So he was recruited. We're not going to go there. <laughs> Recruiting's illegal in the state of Minnesota He's for hockey. Cake eaters. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so when I was in Grand Forks in the summers, I was playing summer hockey up in Winnipeg, and uh, I played for a team called the Manitoba Moose. If you know, remember who they are. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so I was playing, not the obviously the American League team, but it was a Triple A AAA program they had, and so I was going up there for the summer to get you know some high level hockey and whatever and. Um, before we were moving to the cities, I was playing with them. Um, we we had a tournament or a little, I guess, a friendly match with the Minnesota Blades in, in Fargo, North Dakota, where I think we played them like three games that weekend. And uh, we let them know that 
was moving down the city. We were looking for a place to play. We'd love to play with the Blades. And they were, you know, they were all for it. They let me join. So I started playing with them and I was having some success. And Roger Sitt, whose son is Michael Sitt, who uh, he played at Boston College. They were, you know, we were kind of deciding on an area to live. And and we had a rental in uh, Chanhassen, Minnesota, because my when we moved down there, my parents didn't know where we wanted to live. So we didn't buy a house straight away. And so I started, we were living there, playing with the Blades and Roger's like, you know, if we can get you a place to rent, would you consider coming to play in Edina and go to school there, whatever? And, uh, you know, we, we knew Edina was a good hockey program, whatever. And I was starting to, you know, make my way. And so we did, we decided to do that. And so that's actually how I ended up in Edina. And then, uh, you know, obviously when you're there, you got a little bit of a spotlight on you and it kind of helps with your hockey career. So those, those Minnesota Blades kids, I was a Northern wing. Yep. Those guys were fucking nasty. <laughs> nasty. Like my team was really good. Yep. And the blades would shit on us like nine two. Oh yeah. Every yep. single game. You know, we had Judd Peterson who went to yep. uh, St. Cloud. We had Andy Walensky, Bulldog, yep. NHLer. <clears throat> we had uh, Josh Erickson, um, Alaska. Rozo. Yeah, Rozo, yep. Alaska kid. Nail gun. Nail gun. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, I could go literally go on. Like we had. Easily ten Division One players. Yep, and the Blades absolutely pooed on us every single time. <laughs> we were, yeah, we had. I mean, from our team, we had a lot of Division One guys as well. Like you can look, like Nick Sealer was playing with us. Oh, yeah. so he's still got an NHL career going. Travis Boyd is obviously with Phoenix or Arizona. Um, trying to think if there's anybody else who's still playing, but you know, from that team, we did have a lot of NHL guys. And yeah, so it was a good place for me to start and i think it kind of put my name on the map a little bit which was nice yeah you, you look know? at you look at some of those triple a teams in the summer and if you look back on the names the teams he played with you're like holy shit we had a good team do you look back at like the the old rosters from when you're in like the calgary yeah, stampede yeah. tournament or like the winnipeg's champions cup and you see some of the names in there and you're like holy crap uh, I'll, I'll never forget uh we, we did this like Team Minnesota thing or whatever, yep. and we went out to Detroit. Yep. And it was like Little Caesars and, yep. you know, some, uh, some of those teams as well. Yep. And I was playing against Vincent Trocheck and yep. like all these guys. And at the time, you know, it was just Johnny another. Johnny Gaudreau was it, our age. Yeah. I had no idea who he was. It's just another weekend. And then, sure enough, my dad pulls out the Ross, the old yeah. book, you know. Yeah. And I was going through and I'm like, NHL, NHL, NHL. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, the cool one is when, like, when you see the, some of the Canadian teams too, yeah. and you see the guys they had, and like, you see the Saskatchewan guys that at the time you're like, what the hell is Saskatchewan? Yeah, right? and then now they're, yeah. they're having like great NHL careers yeah. and stuff, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's you. You mentioned the Blades, so the Blades was my kind of. They were the team that beat in Minnesota when I was growing yep. up in the springtime and summertime. Yeah. So there was a team. I played for the Lake Superior Stars. Yeah, yep. really good team. You know, we had Carson Ish. Coleman and Neil Pionk and all. Ever heard of them? All yeah. the guys that we had a great team, <laughs> but we could never beat the Blades. The Blades were unbelievable. Yeah. Um. So then there's this there's this tournament in Toronto. They invite like so many teams. Yeah, Prospects Cup is that? Yeah, what it was? yeah, yeah, the yeah. Prospects. Toronto Prospects. Yeah, Toronto Prospects. So, anyways, Minnesota wasn't allowed to have any other team other than the blades. Yeah. So 
The Lake Superior Stars struck a deal with the Blades that we could wear their black jerseys yep. and be called the Blades. Wow. And we okay. got to play in the tournament. Was that Pionk's yeah. doing? Yep. Yeah, that's that smart Pionk's, motherfucker. Scott Pionk. Yep. Bless his heart. Spits maybe 2,000 times a game in the back of the... <laughs> he, he spits these like little like pellet-sized white spits. One and of these. Just, it's the yeah. nervous spit, right? <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. always on the ground. But anyways... He gets us in that tournament, and we get into the playoffs. We win, like, two games. If you go into the playoffs, you have to win, like, 12 games to get well, to the championship. We made the championship yeah, one year. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. We were the sixth or the 15th seed, and we somehow won our way through. I, I remember in a game, we were playing the L.A. Slacks, and uh, they had uh, – what was his name? So they had Rocco Grimaldi, and then they had another small guy who was uh, Shane McColgan. Who ended up? He ended up not making the NHL, but he was a great player yep. growing up. He was a little bit of a, you know, he had a little bit of an attitude on That's the ice. A fucking team I haven't heard of in forever, but oh, it I instantly know. pops into my. They mind. were, or maybe it wasn't the LA Slacks. It was, um, it was a different slice, something anyway. But they they had it was a superstar squad from all over the U.S. Like if you probably looked at that roster, yeah, there'd be a lot of NHL guys on it, and uh, we ended up beating them. They were like the one seater, two seater, something like that. And I remember Shane McColgan took his stick, like the knob end, and just javelin through it at Seth Ambrose and just smoked him in the back. <laughs> and we're all like, in, we're like, what, 12, 13 years old? Yeah. And we're like, this guy is crazy. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we ended up, we somehow, we worked our way through that tournament. We lost in the final to one of the Toronto teams. Who yeah. just, I, I don't even remember who was on the roster, but you could probably look on there and see some big names too. Yeah, but the, <laughs> those tournaments are so funny when you look at the teams. And, like, we, the Lake Superior Stars, we would played the Blades so many times. We had beat them a few times. We lost probably – our record is probably 11-2 and two against them. Yeah. But anyways, we, we recruited two or three guys that were really good to play on our team that for that tournament. Yeah. And it, crazy enough, in the playoffs, like fourth or fifth round in this playoffs – we end up playing the other blades. <laughs> yeah. The blades we played fifteen times in Minnesota. Yeah, and we end up beating them like five four. And we, I mean, we got blown out the next game because we didn't care. We just beat the blades, like yeah. wearing their jerseys. <laughs> we were so pumped. That's <laughs> such a slap in the face, yeah, too, right? They, they bunch of northern boys. Yeah, they get us into the tournament, and then we end their tournament. Then we're like, ah, fuck it, we'll just get dominated in the next game. Did you, know? you guys ever? Do you remember the Predators at all? Oh, yeah. I played a little bit with the Predators. Who, who was the big bucker on St. Cloud? Dunning. Um, yeah, Dunnick. Craig Dunnick. Dunnick. Craig yes. Dunnick. He had the hardest shot. Dude, we were we were 12 years old. This guy is 6'4", and he just hammers slap shots, dude. It was actually fucked. I remember seeing him, because uh, I played at like, a bunch of tournaments. He played on our Blades team Yeah, um, a couple, like for a while, and I remember him. He scored a couple goals from the far blue line, just slap shots, top yeah. shelf. And the the goalie's face when he would do that was like, it was like he saw a dead person. It would come you, in so hot. How do you stay playing goalie after that? Like, you, what are you, you doing? In the, he ended like, kids' what, careers. Man. How do you not think like, what am I doing playing this position? Uh, yes. <laughs> like, what, what did I decide to do? <laughs> well, goalies are just weird in general. I love yeah. them to death. Goalies were my best friends, yeah. like, on all my teams. But um, What's that say about you? Yeah, I'm a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. But I'll never forget Dunnick. We were playing uh, a Bantam tournament. 
and he caught one of our guys looking back for a pass. And like I said, this guy's twice, he was twice the size of everybody on the ice. And this guy was going like one of these, caught him, boom, stick, goes straight up in the air and hits the rafters. That's how hard he hit the guy that his stick hit the rafters. <laughs> that guy, that guy was supposed to be the next big thing. And, and yeah. unfortunately went to a uh, major junior and then, uh, CIS. And I think that was it. Well, I, I followed him. I followed yeah. him. I mean, that, that was well, one of the guys. Well, that's what was I was going like, to say about yeah. youth hockey, you know, like you're playing youth, you're growing up, you're a young kid. There's so many guys out there that have the talent and, and tools, they have the they have the skills they have the tool set to to make it somewhere in hockey it's just at some point some guys run into some hard times or whatever happens adversity and they kind of just give up yeah when it's like you know like i mean matt's a smaller guy like he obviously played at ntdp so he's good but like he had to deal with some adversity to get to d1 you know and like go through tough times as we all did yeah i just think the difference is there is like I played with so many guys when they were younger who had the t- skills, tool set to make it. They just kind of gave up on themselves at yeah. the time and like started focusing on other things. Yeah. When yeah. They could have just, you know, stuck with it and kept playing hockey and they could have been good. It's yeah. It's pretty crazy how the, the game evolves, you know, every yeah. year, right? Like you look back at the NHL a few years ago and it was like bigger guys, stronger guys might be slower, but they're smart. You know, they're, fucking strong now the nhl it's it's kind of dropped down into a, into a smaller faster more skilled game you know you yeah. still have those guys that can keep up but it's just crazy it kind of goes like this and and once i i kind of realized it once i sat back and i was like holy shit like you look at some of the guys in the nhl right now it's like i would have never thought no joe, joe snively a guy I played with in green Bay, or uh sorry sioux city yeah Five, five foot nothing, you know, he's a small kid. Yeah. And it's like, he was really fucking good, but it's, you know, it was always his size. It was yeah. all, that's why I didn't get a commitment to, you know, some schools or whatever. And he goes out to Yale, fucking kills it out there, played his first NHL game this year. And it's like, yeah, that guy was five just, foot two. He played an NHL game? Yes. I remember burying him from behind yeah. Sioux City. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wanted to hit, like, kind of push him up against the boards and just buried him from behind because I was like, I thought I was small. Yeah, so I hit him. <laughs> yeah, good for him. Yeah, another, he got his game. Another story on that was Sanford guy that was with the Blues. I don't know where he's with now. I think yeah. he got traded. Yeah, but he was on Waterloo with all those guys, Brandon Montour, and uh, when mm-hmm. they were Cal Peterson was their goalie or whatever. And, yeah. Sanford's like six four, and Snively's just a little fucker around there, yep. a little water bug. And Sanford's trying to fight Snively, <laughs> and I'm like, man, like if you want to fight somebody, fight me or get the fuck lost, because yeah. yeah. that's how yeah. small Snively was. Yeah. Like, it's just it's crazy to see. It's different. It is, it is different. I mean, that's why you have how many guys are on pace for a hundred points this year? It's like there's like twelve guys on pace for a hundred points. That doesn't happen. In today's NHL, it happened in Gretzky's, yeah, but not today. Especially with all the goal, like good the goalies are, yeah, and their pads are bigger. Oh you know, they're God. good. And people are asking, you know, there's there's people on Twitter and and Veach is even asked, you know, he's saying like, are goalies not as good and what's going on? I don't think the goalies are any worse. I just think if you watch every NHL team, there's a guy who can shoot the puck 
wherever he wants. Yeah. Do whatever he wants. Like you, you haven't had that in the past in the NHL. Like maybe like 10 teams had that guy who could get points every game. Now you have every NHL team and some teams have two, three, four guys who can do all of that. Yeah. It kind of goes back to, so like, it would have been our so Gage and my junior year, it would my have been your sophomore, sophomore year, yeah. when you guys had that uh, Kajula Schmaltz. Yeah, and the CBS line, Besser, versus, Besser line, yeah, and the they, CBS line versus Pacific. Yeah, line. and we got Gambrell, Moore, and Heinen. Yeah. Now those lines were disgusting, but then it's like in the NHL they have three of those lines, and they're all better than even those guys were, right? Oh. And, and those guys could score at will. Yeah. Like that one game when we played on. CBS Sports in Denver when it was like that 6-4 game and those two lines had every single point yeah. pretty much. Every yeah. single point. Like they were scoring they're the auto. Only one, they're the only ones playing out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was like those lines were auto scoring. Yeah. And then you go to the NHL and it's like those guys are a third line or a third line like group. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you take those NHL guys. Yeah. It's, oh, a, it's a good league right now. It's like Drake Kajul is the perfect example. Like yeah. him in college, I mean – if you ask a lot of if if everyone if everyone in the world watched college hockey every game, and they were to pick a favorite college hockey player, yeah. a lot of them would choose Kajula because yeah. he would he would run guys over. He yep. would score highlight real goals. Yeah, it meant like just crazy skill, crazy work ethic. He's like a third, fourth line guy in the NHL, and he's got more skill than I could ever imagine anyone having. Um, yeah. Okay. So how how many NHL teams are there? What, 32? 32? And how many are rostered? Oh, man. What? Like, th- what? Is it 30 is it, or something? No, you, it's, even like, the, it's like 25. You get four lines. Do you get an extra forward in the NHL? I don't know. Not not there's in like, games, there's but like, you there's get four like, lines, 60. There's like 800 guys on rosters in the NHL right now. Yeah. 800 guys in the world. In the world. Yeah. Which, so to, like put, a, to, from, to put that into perspective, yeah, that's... From, from the age of eighteen to forty, yeah. However old Char is, forty, yeah. two or whatever. Yep. I don't know how old he is, but it's from eighteen to forty. So you, there's twenty plus years of guys playing, and there's only eight hundred of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Eight hundred is even like a big number. But if you put it into perspective, like think about all the like. I think USA Hockey. I don't know what the numbers are for how many people register with USA USA Hockey, but it's hundreds of thousands, right? Yeah. And then you narrow that down. And that's just USA Hockey. Then you take Canada, Sweden, whatever. And you narrow that down. That's like what? Less than, well, it's obviously less than 1%, but it's like point. It's point. Yeah. Ever, like, point zero. Yeah. yeah. And that, that that's the that's the perspective. Like that's what my dad kind of like drove into my mind, which is a good thing and a, and a bad thing. But I'd say it's a, it's a good thing to just like put it in perspective. Like, hey. You might not make the NHL. There are 800 people in the entire world that play in that league. Yeah. So the fact that you only made it to the East Coast or you only played Division One, you got to realize you're still two percent of whatever it's it might not, be. It's you less. Know, it, you know, it's it's Even just Division crazy. One is like yeah. less than one percent, right? Yeah. yeah. Like there's what sixty? Is there sixty teams now? Sixty teams. So d- basically, double the chance. Yeah. Of moving on, or half the chance of moving on to the well, NHL. Well, it's like if you play in the USHL, I saw the stats. If you play in the USHL, you made a harder team 
than making D1. Because USHL only has... 16. It's 16 teams in D1. There's, you said, like 60. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're in the USHL, you're... I mean, you got to be guaranteed a D1 scholarship somewhere if you want to play there. Basically, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's it's crazy when you look back at it because you have these such lofty goals as kids and whatever and don't ever not work for those goals. But it's like if you you got to realize if you make it to a certain step, yeah, like you're probably considered one of the better yeah. hockey players in the world. But then sure. you got to realize, you know, like once you make that step, and you know, it's like all of us, like we go to college, we're freshmen in college, we're like. We're in D1 hockey now. Like, this is what we worked for our whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. There's guys on that team who are like, this isn't what I worked for my whole life. Yeah. I got to beat out those 800 guys in the NHL. Yeah. yeah. Versus my thinking, you know, like, was like, I got to beat out these 20 guys on this college team. Yeah. It's just perspective everywhere. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is cool to say you know you played college sports any even D three hockey like you got to be really good to play D three yeah. hockey oh, yeah. you got to be really good to play anywhere D one it's like it's 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 competitive even it's Canadian fun. college like I played with a lot of guys oh yeah who are in Canadian college who are great players oh who yeah had pro careers you know I mean there's a few that have made the NHL but like I played against a guy when I was in Norway and he. After Norway, he signed a deal in the SHL, and he lit it up. I think he's in the American League now, and you know there's a chance he could end up playing in the NHL at some point. Yeah, and he took the long way and went CIS, and you know got his degree and all that. So it's like, what's the what's the guy in the Caps? Um, Joel Ward. Joel Ward. Yeah. D, he was a Canadian college guy. Works his way up to the NHL, and he he's a full he was a full time NHL just playing every game, yeah, year after year. Just you never know. I mean, that's what we talk about on here, Matt. Is the different routes guys take to oh, where they crazy. get to? It's it's just hilarious to think like every guy has a different route, different yeah. so much adversity along the route yeah. that could have deterred them from not getting to where they wanted to go. And somehow they battled through it. And those are the stories that are cool to me. Well, I remember even, and it's funny, I know this. So, like, it goes back to Drake Kajula. Because I remember, I think I was looking him up. Just, it was, like, after his freshman year or something. Because I just remember playing against him. I'm like, this guy's unreal. Like, how do I not know his Incredible. name? And I looked, and he got cut from Des Moines in the yeah. USHL. And yeah. he didn't make it. And it's like, what? And then, you know, he he had his route or his path or whatever. And he ended up there. So, it's like... You know, well, I, he was being he was scratched his freshman year at North yeah. Dakota, getting scratched playing fourth line. It's like it's crazy. And then you fast forward to his senior year where he is the man, top ten dominant players in NCAA hockey. Like, yeah, it's insane to think. Yeah, yep. That's he, like Danton Heinen too. He was he played Jungle B up in Canada, Junior B called yeah. Jungle B up in he Canada. He came out of nowhere. Yeah, and then he went to the BC and got Rookie of the Year. And so we had, I can't remember why he came in. There was, we lost somebody I can't, or something like that. I can't remember what it was. And so we called him and we're like, hey, we need you to come. And he's like, I don't know if I'm ready yet. He comes in and just tears it up. And <laughs> the second year, he is just unbelievable and then signed with, with the Bruins. And that guy wasn't good. He didn't think he was ready. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it is. It's crazy. We talked a little bit about it too. Like positioning, you know, timing 
coaching. Yeah. It all plays that role. We've talked about it a hundred times, and I'm sure we'll talk about a hundred more. Yeah. But it's just the way it is. It's crazy. Everybody's yeah. story is different. Everybody's relationships are different. It's wild, yeah. too. Oh, absolutely. So, Wait, Henrik Borgstrom, sorry. Yeah. I know we're no, you're all right. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. So, Henrik Borgstrom, who was a, he was a freshman when I was a senior on our national championship team, and Hank came in, and he has just disgusting skill. But when he came in, he might have been our worst player. Like, he was awful defensively like you would look at him like we would go over clips you know whatever during the game and you would look at him and he'd be like spinning like a top <laughs> in the middle of the zone just a puck flying by him and so like to monty's credit coached him up on d zone yeah. and he bought into it and like the weekend after he finally figured it out he just took off and he was like you know it was troy terry was like our best player yeah. terry and gams and then it was like hank was right there yeah he he just you know he figured out the diesel i mean right there you might you might argue hank was the best player on that team too oh for sure dude it, is it was high. close i mean that line you went from the pacific rim line and yep. you had trevor moore sign after right yep morsey sign heinen sign heinen signed and, and then, then everyone's like, oh, Denver lost everything. Then yeah. you get Borgstrom, and <laughs> Terry steps up. Oh, my God. That guy, he was so good our, that that year. And then, yeah, he was, you know, obviously you can see it in the NHL now. Borgstrom, yeah. that You guys were good that year. I honestly thought, um, well, we played Duluth. I mean, we I thought during that year Duluth was the team that beat because they had those se- all the seniors like yeah Ayafalo Susie Tanato yep. um they had Pionk on the team Coleman yep Coleman they had Carson Coleman they were did they have Miska and Nat too yeah yeah was it yeah it was they were, uh, was it Miska or Cascasuo it was Miska it was Miska was it Miska yeah. Yeah. yeah oh Cascasuo was the year before yep and yep. then he took they off. were he disgusting I didn't think yeah. you guys. I thought they were going to beat you guys, and in that during that game, nothing against Duluth again and their fans, but yeah. we had a rivalry with Duluth to where on the ice none of us liked each other, and yeah. when we played you guys, who were just as good, better than us that year, we always had respectful games. You know, yeah. we just play a hard hockey game, respectful. It's a big fan rivalry. Yeah, get out. It's more of a fans like we don't hate each other. We're just. Playing hard hockey. Yeah. When we played at Duluth, fucking hated each other. Pure hatred. And <laughs> yeah, when you, when you guys won, when you guys won that year, I was so pumped because <laughs> one of my good friends was Butch, so I was like, yeah, oh, I'm just so happy for Butchie. Yeah. Well, the funny thing was, and and I remember this. So we played Duluth was our weekend series right before Christmas break, and you know we split with them that weekend, and after that. I can't remember. I, I can't remember if we won the second game or if they did. But anyway, after that, Monty was giving his speech to us, and he goes, "Boys, that was that's the national championship right there." He's like, yeah. "If you guys want to win the whole thing, that's who you're going to play." Lo and behold, that's who we played and we beat. So kind of crazy. Suck it. Yeah, <laughs> suck, suck it. Suck it. <laughs> I would have. I would have actually during that year. I don't know if I would have predicted you guys were there. Granted, you guys had a great team. I just didn't yep. hate you guys at the time. But yep. I would have for sure predicted Duluth would be there. Yeah. Even though we were supposed to play that once we, so we Beat score BU. against we yeah. we score against BU. We yep. celebrate on the ice, yep. and then, bam, turned over. They yeah, call what, it off. Is that what ha- that year? That was that year. Yeah, and then they it. changed the rule the year after. That was the heartbreaking part. Yeah. yeah. So we so we enter the zone. 
we're cycling the puck around the zone for like a minute 30, minute yeah. 45, end up scoring a goal. Everyone's cheering. We're on the ice celebrating. Refs are in the penalty box reviewing, and we're like, what are they reviewing? No, yeah. We've been in the zone forever. Mm-hmm. What are they reviewing? Nothing happened. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it gets turned off from a back angle view mm-hmm. where you can't actually tell if he's offsides or not. I saw it multiple times. Yeah. But mm-hmm. not to say that we we probably wouldn't have beat you guys, and we might not have even beat Duluth because they swept us both times that year. Yeah. But yeah. That was that's tough. The, yeah. the the fact that it wasn't – so they changed the rule after. So we entered the zone or whatever. We were yeah. cycling around. BU got possession. Yeah. And they couldn't clear it. Yeah. And then we ended up scoring whatever 30 seconds later, and they changed yeah. the rule that no matter – you can't challenge offsides once the, once the defensive team gains possession. Okay. The, really? So they changed that rule the year after. Yep. Yeah, that sucks. But the the worst part about it was, obviously, you know, we're a little butthurt because yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, the worst part was the linesman on the blue line wasn't the one that made the call. It was the guy skating up. It was the oh. back. It was the back lines. So he wasn't there too. So you, whatever. So that that was the the killer for us. Obviously, I'm pissed because I had an apple on that yeah. game winner. <laughs> like yeah. guy was hotter than a tamale. Like that would have yeah. that would have been my tenth point in seven games. Yeah, so you right. know I'm fucking rattled. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they ended up. Cha- but that BU team was nasty too. They had yeah. McAvoy, Greenway, yep. all Keller. those guys. Yeah. All those guys were Keller. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So let's before we get too far. I know we're. Going off on tangents here, which is great. <laughs> I do want to talk to Matt about his Denver days because yeah. we'll skip the NTDP because no one wants to hear about that shit show. Yeah, just grinding your ass okay, off, here's, work, well, working out for ten hours a day, and then yeah. you go home. Well, here's here's the we'll give just the short recap of what happened. I got cut from the world's team for two guys that I don't blame them for taking. Seth Jones and Jacob Truba. Not bad players. Not bad players. Did you, so, did you hear about uh, Seth Jones? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This, this is an inside this joke. Is, oh, okay. Is, <laughs> all right, fill me in here. Okay. Okay, we'll fill you in quick. And then you get back to your story. But So Seth Jones gets traded from Columbus yeah. to Chicago. N- Nashville. Oh, Nashville. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah, Nashville. Yeah. Okay. For Ryan Johansson. Okay. Oh, yep, yep. And yeah. they meet in the airport somehow. <laughs> they start talking, and they exchange apartment keys. They're like, yeah, just take my apartment. That's unreal. So Johansson takes Jones' apartment. Jones takes Johansson's apartment. Yeah. Unreal story. Yeah. It is. So every, like when this story breaks, everyone's going into the locker room for practice. Yeah. And we're all sitting in the locker room, you know, like... <laughs> First two guys, they're like, you hear the story about Seth Jones, Johansson? They're talking about it. And then the third guy comes in like, did you see that story about Seth Jones, Johansson? Yeah. So it got it gets brought up like 15 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that a, that's a low end. Like yeah. everybody's coming in like, yeah. boys, did you hear this story? You know, everybody so thinks all, they're breaking yeah. news. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're all laughing like, oh, yeah, I heard it 15 times. Yeah. The rest of the year and maybe two years after, we're still... Walking up to guys like randomly, like, hey, 
He'll walk up to a guy randomly, like if it's in class or at a bar or something, like, hey, did you just see the news about Seth Jones? <laughs> and they're like, and they'll always be like, no, what happened? Well, he, he met Johansson in the airport and they switched. <laughs> and we had all just start dying laughing. But, th- but that's the thing. And then I fucking, of course, I moved down to the cities, whatever. I reach out to Gage. I know he's got his own company yeah, down yeah. here. So we're talking, whatever. And um, we started hanging out. And all of a sudden, I get a text from gage like a few months that i've lived here and he's like man did you hear about seth jones <laughs> and i was like no man what happened like totally forgot oh, the yeah fell fell right into, into it. it and he's like oh him and ryan johansson exchanged <laughs> keys at the airport <laughs> I, I was like five, i literally five years after <laughs> the joke i'm <laughs> saying it to all still we've beaten this thing to fucking death now but it, it's still hilarious <laughs> it's a legendary story oh my <laughs> yeah. god so okay you got cut uh, you got cut because of those two yeah fair enough right yeah i mean that's a combined it's a lot of money between the two so i can you know i can put that feather in my cap that you know, yeah i got my spot taken by some pretty good players well to add on to that true so i came in the year you must have left yep so 95 so yep. true and jones were 18 when i was there true was in one of my classes with chemistry class chemistry class yeah and true was not it's not like he's dumb he just knew he was going to play in the nhl because they were so the motivation good. was they were good. so good like they knew they were going to play in the nhl it wasn't yeah. even a question yeah so we're in this chemistry class and true needs to pass the classes and the entire semester i'm in this class with true it's only me and him i do every single one of his homework assignments <laughs> no questions asked like he's asking me like yeah send it over do it fill it out for me and I would do it every time. I'm like, it's fucking Jacob Trubal. Yeah. <laughs> that was me with Brandon Sod in my, yeah. my uh, U.S. history class. Yeah. You, got, you guys have NHL, NHLers you're doing it for? I did it for my freshman roommate, Cam Johnson, and <laughs> microeconomics. He's no. also an NHLer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Has he played a game? No, but he's, yeah. he's, he's there. Dressed. He's yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And Anyway. Freshman year, I'd fucking be grinding out my microeconomics, whatever, and he'd be chilling on his bed, fucking doing whatever, chatting with gals, whatever, playing video games, and I'd be like, fuck, finally done with my homework. And Cameron would be like, hey, man, you want to send that to me? I'm like, you fucking asshole, dude. You just watched me grind on that for an hour, and now he's just like, hey, can I get the answers for that? I'm like, fuck you. That was Trevor Moore for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that guy owes me an NHL career. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can't be mad about that. And obviously you leave. So you, then you go to Sioux Falls yeah. after the program. Yeah. You play for Kerry Eads. Yeah. How do you end up getting to Denver? When did you commit there? So I committed uh, my first year in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Um, I committed to Denver. I was I had looks from Boston College, Vermont, Denver. I picked Denver because it was old sub WCHA. My parents could watch me play. Yeah. Um, BC was close, but I just felt you know financially where my family was at. If I went there, they would have just never been able to see me play. And so you know, and I liked Denver. They had a good program, good history, and everything like that. And so um, that's why I decided there. And then after Ann Arbor, you know, I didn't have a great you know, all jokes aside, I didn't have a very, I didn't have a good U18 year at all. And I deserved to get sent down or get cut from the team. And so, um, you know, I played there till the end of the year. And then the DU guys were like, you know, we want you to go play a year in the USHL, get your confidence back and we'll bring you in. 
So I went to Sioux Falls right after, and our team was horrible. I played under Kevin Hartzell. He's a freaking awesome guy. I love Hartsey to death. But um, that year, we were so bad. We were like 17 and 45. I don't remember that. Who was on the, who was on the team? Austin Young was on our team. Okay. Duluth. Yeah. Duluth guy, um, yeah. Justin Selman. Oh, yeah. To be honest. Michigan guy. For a USHL team, we probably had the least D1 commits you could have ever had on a team. Really? I don't remember we were, that. Yeah. So our team was bad. We were the doormat of the, of the league. And so after that year, DU came to me and they're like, you got to go one more. Like, we can't bring you in after that type of season. That's right? why, yeah, that's why I don't remember sure. it because yeah. this was the pre- year previous. Okay. Ex- yep, exactly. And so then I went back my second year and Eads, you know, they let Hartzell go and Eads came in and he kind of like came to turn the culture around, which he's good at doing. And, uh, we flipped the script. So we went my first year, 17 and 45. My second year, we went 45 and 17 and we had a really good team. So our goalie was Charlie Lindgren, who set, or he didn't set the single season uh, win record, um, but he he took second place because the guy who had it, I think it was Jake Hildebrand, who I played with in Kalamazoo. In Sioux City, he was a Sioux City boy. Uh, he was Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids. Yeah, and he he ripped it out. I think it was him. It, actually, it might have been somebody else, though. I think, Hilde- might... I think Hildebrand played at Sioux City. Did he? He might have. Or was it Jell, maybe? Was that his name? Oh, Jelly. Jelly Jelly went to Duluth. Yeah, okay. It might have been him, actually, that had that record. But anyway, so we had Lindgren, who had a great year. And then we kind of had a bunch of misfits in Sioux Falls that uh, we just meshed well. And we had a really good year. CJ Franklin, um, he had 31 goals that year. Seuss now. Yeah, Seuss now. Oh, yep. Seuss now. So at the time, it was Franklin. Yeah, but CJ Seuss now. Um, He had 31 goals that year. Uh, Tony Calderon had almost 30. this Zeb Knutson. Yeah, we had Zeb Knutson this there. This is the team I remember. Yeah. Who's the crazy fucker? Dennis Kravchenko. Yeah. Dennis. And uh, yeah. Peter Han. Yep. Yeah, Pete was – he had a couple screws. Those, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Preston Hodge was good. So we had like – Sammy Rostin had a great year. We had like seven guys have over 20 goals that year. Yeah. And so, you know, we we had a great year. We made a deep run in the playoffs. We ended up losing to Fargo in the Western Conference Finals. With all those fuckers. Yeah. And they, Iofalo, they had Iofalo, Toninato. And, and the funny thing was, so that was, it was five-game series, game five. We were up going into the third, I think. And so it was kind of like a Mankato-Denver National Championship situation. Like, we were up going into the third, and we just collapsed. And they just, you know, we didn't have an answer for them, and they ended up beating us by like four goals and we were up two goals and it was so heartbreaking because we had a good year and we would have gone on to play dubuque who we went undefeated against dubuque that year and then dubuque ended up was being that samgus gergensen and no 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 that would have been uh this was downing and yeah um they had gambrell i think was on the team too they had um, a bunch of studs evan jansen yeah. who i played with jansen's in good too yep, yeah he's good shit uh, good face-off guy great face him and marceno yep they were our face-off guys so we they uh they ended up winning they had a good team a really good team and they had monty coaching and so then you know because of that year that was then when monty took the denver job and i and i was a you know at the time i wasn't i didn't even think about it i was like oh, i'm going into denver no what or no matter what now looking back i'm like shit he could have easily been like Matt, yeah. you're not one of my guys. Yeah. I don't want to bring you in. But I think, you know, I don't know what happened with conversations or whatever, but I'm, I'm assuming Kerry Eads yeah. put in a great word for me because he decided to obviously keep me and all that. And so 
you know, I'm super thankful for that because that could have easily gone the other way where I would have been, you know, trying to find a spot to play. For sure. That was so. the year that was the year I decommitted from Denver when yep. Gwazdecki and Steve Miller left. Yep. And Monty ended up calling me to check on his, you know, recruits that Denver had recruited, asked yep. me if I'm still coming. And I had no you know, I knew he coached Dubuque and yep. my heart at that time was set at another place. I didn't yep. know. Um it was really tough for me to decommit from Denver though, because yeah. I had been talking to like Trevor Moore and, and yeah. Butch and we were all pumped to, to go to Denver together. Yeah. And um there's a guy from East Grand Forks where I'm from, Judd Stouse. He played yep. at he played at Denver too. Yep. I know that and name. he was like kind of my mentor growing up and um he taught me how to play defense and, and do all this stuff. And I love the guy and he's an unbelievable guy and he was kind of like one of the main reasons I committed to Denver. It was a really hard deal for me, but yeah, I remember just feeling bad that I had decommitted. Not, I didn't know Monty. I didn't know the coaches. I didn't care if I, you know, like let down the coaches. I just yeah cared about letting the let down the guys that I was going to go in with, which yeah. would have been you. Yeah, which we probably would have had a great time. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I love that I chose UND because I have all my friends and memories from there, and it yep. was great. But I probably couldn't have went wrong because Denver Neither won my way. senior year, and I would have loved those guys just as much. Exactly. So. I mean, regardless, you know, you won a national championship, which is a pretty big feather to put in your cap, right? Yeah. Like, not very many people can say that at all. So yeah, it was, either way, it worked out for both you guys, right? It, it, it was some. It, the, the pressure was on when we played you guys in Tampa in the Frozen Four. And oh, yeah. You guys had the Pacific Rim line. We had the yeah. CBS line. And we were 500 against each other all year. Yep. Absolute and battle. Yeah. Absolute battle every game. We knew, like, when we were playing Denver, Quebec was the number one team in the nation. But we're like, if we beat Denver here, whoever wins this game is dummy the next yeah. year. So we're playing Denver and, and two on one against me. You might have been one of the guys who like, I scored. You I scored the, it. I had the second goal. Uh, that was off my stick. That was off your stick. Yeah, that I was off that. my stick. Well, and obviously, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you scored off my stick. Playing the two on one goes five hole, and all I could picture was all the UND fans chirping me on Twitter and everywhere else like this fucker like decommits from Denver and wins in the game cuz obviously you guys were down 2 nothing yeah. and you tied up 2-2 two, two, well, and we're all thinking like and you they're going to fucking beat us you guys were dominating us like it was not even yeah. close we were like i like i remember sitting there cuz i actually played like a pretty good game that game and i remember sitting there and i was like man these guys are killing us like this isn't even close and then, you know, obviously, as you know, in these one and dones, you get a little little bit of momentum and then the tides yeah. turn and, you know, and then we made a comeback. But the, obviously then then somebody had to flip the momentum. Yeah. You had to blow a guy up, take a penalty, <laughs> kill it off. Was that you? Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, or, yeah. Or you just send the CBS line out there with 30 seconds left. I'll take care of the draw. Yeah, win a draw. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How lucky was that goal? <laughs> it's oh. just win a draw, pass it back. To, that was the luckiest goal we scored all year. Yeah, but it was in the right time, right? Right yeah. time. It's funny because so my whole family went to North Dakota. My dad did, my mom did, my grandpa, my grandpa taught at North Dakota. And so we go to the game 
And it's funny when I committed to Denver, my dad asked my grandpa, he's like, so grandpa, if Matt plays against North Dakota in the, or just in a game, what are your thoughts? And he goes, well, I hope Matt gets a hat trick and North Dakota wins four, three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we get to the frozen four and it's tied two two. And he's sitting there, he's got a Denver hat on, but he's wearing nothing else. Right. And you guys win, go on to the next game. You better believe he was at that national championship cheering <laughs> yeah. you guys on. You have, to be, you have to be, though. If you're a yeah, fan, you know, like, exactly. it sucks. Like, well, I grew up with him. We had season tickets, so I was going yeah. to all the games. Like, that was him and, you know, him and I would go to every game as a kid. Like, that was our thing to do. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't blame the guy. He loved, obviously, North Dakota sports. So. Yeah. Well, that was, that was a lot of my friends from East, East Grand Forks. So, like, yeah. East Grand Forks is on the Minnesota side of Grand Forks. So in East Grand Forks, there's there's actually, believe it or not, I mean, we're only seven minutes away from Ralph Engelstead. Yeah. But there's a ton of Gopher fans there. Yeah. So like a lot of my good friends growing up and my best friend who was living next door to me growing up, yeah. he was a huge Gopher fan. So he's cheering for the Gophers the whole time. And then I get to UND and his whole family's UND fans mm-hmm. for four years and then as soon as I leave, they're back to go for fans. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, how would you treat it any different? You know, yeah. like if you know a guy on one team or you're friends with a guy on one team, it's like, you got to choose this guy. It's like people are making fun of me for wanting the Gophers to win. Well, I know Ben Brinkman on the Gophers this year. He's the only guy in the whole tournament, including North Dakota, basically, that I know personally. So I'm like, yeah, I want this guy to do well. Yeah. And people are like, you want the Gophers win? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, well, I have. I mean, I don't want the Gophers win. I want this guy to be happy because I know him. He's my friend. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting how that goes, but God, that's 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 cool. You guys were able to win it the year after too, and in, yeah. in your senior year, and especially getting that close, like, because because you guys was that your first time at the Frozen Four that year? Yep, that was our first time. So what was kind of cool about my four year career? um throughout denver was so like my freshman year when we came in it was a new coach we were a big class of like 11 of us and so when we came in obviously like monty was trying to set a completely new culture that you know was changing away from guas and so each year we got to see the improvement right so my first year you know we won the nchc tournament but we weren't we weren't, weren't great. that great no yeah. we shouldn't have we shouldn't have made the tournament what we did we ran into johnny gaudreau in the first round they beat a 6-3 he had three goals three assists <laughs> <laughs> it was like what the fuck this guy is good so we ran into gaudreau and then my second year so so yeah so let me back up a little bit so my first year we lose out in the first game second year make the tournament we win the first game we go on to the regional final we run into Providence in Providence, who was the four seed. We at play home, them though. At, at home, home ice, sold out crowd. That was a bullshit. Yeah, and they beat us, and then they went on to win the national championship. Be careful what you say, Gage, because <laughs> we had our regionals in Fargo, so it's pretty wow. much the same. Denver shit. had theirs in Loveless. Yeah, so you can't argue. But. Yeah, but we, I guess we weren't first seed every time. But you go to Providence, like. They're four seed and they just have a home advantage. Like that's my argument against the regionals. Yeah, yeah. but they were good though. I'll give they them were, credit. They were on. They I had mean, a they great won, team. They won it all. I mean, yeah. I don't know how they ended up a four seed, but I suckied that Noel Achari. Yeah, yeah. Noel Achari. <laughs> they, they had so many good. We, they came to the Ralph that year and we played them. Yeah. yeah, they had a 
Unbelievable. I don't know how they were four seed either. No, they shouldn't have been. They must have just took a shit middle of the season. Yeah, because they had good goaltending. They had good forwards. That that was the weekend I became a legend at North Dakota. Not <laughs> not for my play, but I ended up pointing at the uh, Jumbotron. Oh, the old game. scoreboard. Yeah, we were up 6-1 game one, and yeah. then Hack got pissed. and we Hack ended up... does not like that stuff. No, oh, he hates boy. it. I absolutely loved it, he though. Hated, he <laughs> Absolute rock oh, yeah. hard in the shorts. He, oh, yeah. he hated when I tucked against the Badgers in the, at the Cole Center. Yeah. Took a slap shot, scored against the Badgers, and then I did the, you know, raise my arms. I turned towards their bench and I raised my arms, just skated towards them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember after the game, Hack just reamed me out for three minutes. Like, you don't fucking do that in North Dakota. We score a goal. We act like we've done it before. And I'm like, coach. They were chirping my mom all game, which they were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were literally chirping me all game like, Osmus, your mom's a fucking male. Fuck you, oh, pussy. No. Chirping me all game, and I score that goal and turn to him, and I tell Hack this. I'm like, Coach, they're chirping my mom. I had to do something. He's like, they're chirping your mom? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. He's like, never mind. <laughs> he just walked away. <laughs> walked away after and I was like that's right that's right <laughs> so so we lost Providence and then junior year obviously we make the next step play you guys in the first game Frozen 4 you guys go on to win so then senior year then we made the final step you know so it's like it helps making it helps being there before though oh, it like, does Olsen yes. and I were there the year before we won yep. I was there a year earlier than Olsen like yeah that helps being there, and that's why this even this year I was like, I think Denver has the advantage. Like yeah. these guys have been there. Yeah, like that's a showing up to that semifinal game, which is honestly more heart like nerve wracking than the yeah. championship game. That semifinal game is insane, and the amount of nerves you have and stuff going oh, into yeah. that game, yeah. it's like. Well, you got the red carpet going, yeah. and everyone, it's there's big hype and ESPN and blah blah blah. You know, like if you haven't been there, it's it's a spectacle, and you get kind of lost in the big lights and all that. And DU's so. been there for the past six years, yeah. so like they yeah. they know. Yeah, there's at least guys who have been there and understand. And if you can bring the young guys along, then it's that much easier. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, I mean, Sierra Denver, you win senior year. How do you decide to play pro hockey after? Like, were you thinking of retiring? After that, like, because I know when we won also, it was like, if I was a senior, I was like, what am I going to do after this that's yeah. going to even come close? Yeah. I So there was a small bit of me that I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, right? And then um, I talked to Monty, talk, like, called me, and he's like, Matt, I think you should look at going over and playing in Europe first. It's probably going to be best for your game. You'll have fun. He's like, I just don't see you you know, playing in the coast and, and having a lot of success with your size and cause it's a grind and, you know, I have back issues and whatever. And so I ended up going over to Norway for my first two years of pro and played in the Norwegian league there and had some fun, did, you know, had the grinds of not getting paid or, you know, dealing with like, like when you go from Denver 
or North Dakota or like these big college All programs. Those D1 school. And dude, you you're get, going you're stepping down a step. Yeah, dude, you're getting treated like a <laughs> you're getting treated like an NHLer, right? Like we're flying into Minneapolis, we're going to JD Hoyt's to get a steak dinner or yeah. like in Denver we're going to Elway's to get like a $60 steak. And then you're flying everywhere, you know, like we're getting whatever sticks we like you're getting anything you want. Then you go to Norway and you show up and they're like like we got six sticks for you. I'm like, for like the first three weeks? They're <laughs> yeah. like, no, for like the first half year. I'm like, uh, that's not going to work, right? Don't, don't take any one-timers. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like Especially in, in practice. Exactly. I, at one point in Norway, and this actually is kind of bizarre, but I went on my longest point streak in I was using a different stick every game because I ran out of my sticks. And so I was having to go back into like what I brought over from school. And then I ran out of those. And so we would literally, I'd break a stick during the game and we'd go over to the other team's equipment manager and be like, hey, can we buy one from you? And so I would use like a hundred flex stick, which I'm a small guy and I usually like 75 is my bread and butter. And so I was using like a hundred flex stick. And so I couldn't even shoot. I would just have to pass. And I did that for probably like 15 games. That's fucking wild. It was insane. I'm I'm like the opposite of that. Growing up and shit, like my dad, I used a wooden stick forever. Same. same. And then, you know, my dad upgraded and got me the uh, Synergy Psychor, that uh, orange-looking motherfucker. Yep. And I used that forever. And uh, then, so I never really, like, took my sticks very seriously. Like, I just had, you know, a little baby hook, a little fat paddle. Like, I never took it seriously. Yep. And... I couldn't believe the difference when I actually found a stick you liked. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I, I'll never I'll never forget my junior year I switched and then I switched again when I went pro and in yeah. pro I finally found my stick that I loved using, like the yeah. handle, the my shot, everything. And it is fucking insane. Like yeah. th- because before I didn't care and I didn't think much of it. It was yeah. just like Okay, then I kind of blamed it on like my role. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I only get you know seven minutes a game, <laughs> yeah, right. whatever. Well, people look at those look at sticks as like if you're looking at your stick, it's an excuse to make a bad play or yeah, yeah. It's an excuse to not do something right. Well, there was a time in college where I actually had like a terrible batch of sticks. Yeah, and. Every time I take a one-time or a slap shot, it break in the same exact spot yeah, in the sucks. stick. So, like, obviously you're thinking back to CCM. I was using a CCM tax stick. You're thinking back to CCM manufacturers, and you're like, this batch was obviously just f- fucked up. Like, yeah. they messed it up. So I'm talking to the equipment manager the whole time at North Dakota. Like, yeah, these I can't even take a slap shot. Like, it's breaking every time. Yeah. And... He was kind of a little stickler with the money. Like, I don't know what goes on with the equipment managers and how they're supposed to manage the money <laughs> yeah. and, like, buying sticks and doing all this. Obviously, there's a budget they have to work with. Yep. But I'm like, hey, man, like, these sticks, like, I, I, I every time I take it one time or, like, it breaks in the same spot, I need, like, a new batch. I didn't get them. And I was talking to the coaches. I was talking to Jax about it. I was like, Jax, like, I can't take one-timers like in practice because my sticks, he's like, oh, it's bullshit. He's pissed. And then in the middle of the game, middle of the game one time, I got a one-timer pass. 
And I tried it one time, and my stick just fucking broke in half. And I skated the bench after, just pissed. And all I could see is Jax just screaming at our equipment manager, like, yeah. we need fucking new sticks! What the fuck? Like, just so pissed. And I'm like, yeah, I need new sticks. Can't fucking take a slap shot with this one. So, the, speaking of CCM... This is, I, I don't know how true this story is, and so I may be completely making this up. That's fine. But this is it, but <laughs> this is the rumor mill, and we're going to go with it. So uh, the equipment, or the the CCM rep in Denver, you know, he'd come around there. So we're lucky in Denver that we're sponsored by Adidas, so we can get whatever sticks we want. So yeah. If you like Warrior, Bow, or whatever, like, have yeah. your pick. And so the CCM rep would come around and try to, like, obviously sell guys to use CCM. And uh, he's telling a story where, so a couple years ago in the playoff, or I guess let me back it up. So Tarasenko, he's very picky about his sticks, right? He's got CCM. And so CCM will have to send him a batch of sticks, and he'll take each one, he'll hold it, flex it, and he'll decide if it's a good one or a bad one. So if it's a good one, puts it over here, bad one over here, right? So he'll do it for every single one. So he may only pick out like five sticks in a batch of 32. And yeah. then he'll send all the other yeah. ones back, right? So playoffs roll around and he runs out of sticks and CCM has none of his sticks. They can't make them fast enough. They don't have any or whatever. And so they're panicking in the back room. They're like, fuck it. Just, just send them whatever we have with the ones he hated. So they send him all the ones he hated. Didn't tell him. They said he got brand new. Feels them, fucking takes them and plays with them in the playoffs like it was nothing. Really? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> no idea. It's like, yeah. oh my god, it is. It's crazy though. Once you once you have the feel of what you enjoy, yeah, you can tell almost immediately yeah. if this is like a good stick. I'm sure in his situation too, though. It's like, all right, I have no sticks. Yeah, they have to be sending me the right ones. Yeah, yeah. but that is fucking hilarious. Isn't that it? is the exact ones that he Unbelievable. sent back. Oh, I know. Yeah. He just gets them back and uses them. My no favorite idea. sticks, they were never Bauer. Bauer sticks are great off the hop, but once you flex them out, you know, like yeah, you order a hundred flex, which I, which is I order a ninety five flex with two inch um, extension on it, and then yep. I cut it down a little bit. Yeah. And I'd use these sticks for like a week, week and a half. They'd be great. And then after that, they'd kind of be flexed out. They'd lose their flex. So like my 95 or 100 flex stick would be at like 85 flex. Yeah. And it just wasn't the same. But it wouldn't break. Yeah. So if you don't break the stick, like your equipment manager is not giving you a new stick. Yeah. Because your stick's not broken. He's like. That one looks good to me, bro. Like, yeah. And you're like, no, like, fuck you. Like, it's flexed out. Like, it's yeah. terrible. Well, Warrior, I used Warrior in my 18-year in Ann Arbor. And the sticks were unbelievable because every time they would want to flex out, they'd just break in half. Yeah. So I'd get a new stick. And I'm like, I don't have a problem with breaking these sticks because... They actually break when I want them to. Like Bauer, if I'm using a Bauer, it does not break when I want it to. It just gets flexier, and then the equipment manager is giving me shit for not breaking a stick. Yeah. So then I get caught in practice sticking my stick in between a fucking door jam, trying to twist it off, like trying to get a new stick. It's like you're you're practicing as a defenseman going hard to the net, 
and then breaking it over <laughs> yeah. the post. Oh, damn it. Slamming it over the post like, oh, it's broken. Sorry. <laughs> Working on my net drives. Sorry, brother. Broke another one. <laughs> okay, how about this? This is another tangent. Mount Rushmore of sticks Easy. that you played with in your career. Easy. Oh. Oh. All right. You, you start it. First one, my warrior setup I had in the coast, and it's not even close. Really? Yep. It's not even close. Which ones are those? The Alpha? Um, yep. Yeah. Alpha. And then I had the CCM Tax. Yep. Yep. And sick. Yeah. Though I liked those a lot, but that was the one where I actually like put a hook on it a little bit, and like yeah. I had the feel and whatever. And then the Warrior was the next step. It, the the feel was better. Yep. Yep. Um, before that would be the S nineteen. Yep. Um, and then. Before that one's obviously the Psychor that I used when I was a young kid. Yeah. Those, yep. those are my four. Yeah. I was going to go the Easton SL, the Super Light. Yeah, SL is good. It either had the blue or the red. little spray paint on the bottom or the red, and it would chip off if you had it too long. Yeah. I never had it too long, so it would break. <laughs> Not a big deal. But that stick was... <laughs> yeah. But that stick was unbelievable, and the reason I broke so many sticks is I feel bad for my parents, but I was always, like, kind of grew faster than everyone else. Yeah. So I was just heavier than everyone else using these same sticks, so I was just breaking them all the time. Yeah. So I've got the SL, and then actually, once I actually put on pounds, I'm going to go the Easton ST, the Super Tough. Okay. So I went from the Super Light to the Super Tough. Okay. And that stick was... I mean, you could absolutely lay into it one time, oh, yeah. and it would not do. It would just pound it, <laughs> <laughs> just a two by four. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I went into. So I wasn't a stick handling guy, and then I went into the TaylorMade RBZ, okay. the CCM yeah. Yeah. RBZ white the stick, wow, that, that the rocket honor, ball. That might be an honorable bench. The rocket ball. Could not stick handle worth a shit with it because you couldn't feel anything. But my God, could you take a hard shot? <laughs> oh yeah, unbelievable. But yeah, then I'm gonna have to go with the Warrior. I don't know what it was called, but they just made them so perfectly to where they would break whenever they were flexed out, and then you get a brand new one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think. So mine would be the the CCM uh, the Super Tax. Oh, I yeah. had. I liked my the curve I had in college was awesome, but it was like a custom. I don't even I couldn't even tell you whose it was. It was a just a custom curve, and you know, it was good for passing and like saucing and everything. But fucking a, when I would shoot the puck, it would just go straight up. Oh yeah, it was an absolute wedge. So I didn't have the best shot, but <laughs> the best shot, the best shot for PWA when yeah. you just want to go top tip oh, exactly, yeah. and you're in warmups, and if you hit the glass, it's like that's nasty. That's tight. Yeah, I had. <laughs> A lot of like, if I was a forward, it'd be a great stick because everything would go upstairs. But like as a defenseman, like I would piss off a lot of like forwards because yeah, like, drill them in practice, yeah, like you, in the arms and shoulders. I, and wouldn't, I wouldn't get mad at you just yeah. saying no, I eat that shit for breakfast. Exactly. Also, eat that shit any day. But yeah. if you're like Will Butcher, Will Butcher used to always make fun of me for my curve. Yeah, because I was using like a little bit less than a Sackett curve, and I'm like, Butcher, oh. Butcher, I can't stick handle without. He's like can't stick handle i look at his curve he's he's using a McDonald's. dude curve. he's got it's the big. worst that's, curve that's the one i use it's oh. it's it's literally like i'm looking at butcher's stick and it's literally straight and he's like how are you supposed to make a backhand pass for that stick 
still with all the skill. He's like looking at yeah. He's looking at everything. I'm like, he's he, right. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I love Butchie. He might have the worst curve in the entire the NHL. Worst, the oh worst. my god! But so I have super tax. Um, I like the Bauer X60. I think it was. Those were early on. Those are early. Those I think I had those in Ann Arbor. I like that. The the Nexus was a nice stick. Wow. And then uh, actually, I did like the Warrior, the one we got in the toast. Yeah. I liked the curve on it. Yeah. The feel I got at first, I hated the feel, and then I got used to it. And yeah. I, that's what I still use now because I got the obviously the yeah. uh, the summer stock going still from we're, three years oh, ago. Yeah. We're, we're gonna have to reach out and get Warrior to. Uh, Get a sponsor. Yeah, we'll sponsor. Mace, Mace, let's let's hear your stick preference. Well, recently, um, I probably haven't switched sticks in about five years at this point (laughs) because I've just been playing beer league and pond, whatever. But my two sticks that I have never let go of are my Stealth CX from Easton. Yep. And the Nexus 8000. I will never let those go. I shoot so well with my stealth. It's unreal. Yeah. There was, not even close. There was no love out there for the Bauer 20, the 2X. It was black. Oh, straight, the Vapor 20? The Vapor 20. Those look nice. Straight black, chrome 2Xs. That's it. Unreal stuff. How about the 30 light? Like the white and green one, you know. What I'm or talking the about? when the white and green one yeah. came out, it was kind of like wood. They they came out with a wood one too, and you're yeah. like, <laughs> "I was that is the sickest stick I've ever seen." <laughs> you're almost like you're almost like pulling up a pictures of that stick online, and you're jerking off, just staring at those <laughs> pictures like. This is incredible. Oh, my God. Look at that stick. <laughs> it's got I a remember, great shaft. <laughs> I remember seeing that at the Hockey Expo, and I think I asked that for, like, the next three Christmases. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My dad never let me indulge in the uh, in the Bauer series. No. Ne- no. Never, I was, I was aware. Oh, you indulge. like Bauer, Trevor? Eat think, shit. Think again. Yeah. Here's a Sherwood, buddy. Montreal. <laughs> Paul Coffey was a great player. <laughs> hey, that's the curve I use. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, want shit. you want one of those bowers? Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, good talk about sticks. Great having you guys here tonight. Great having a former national champ, current national champ too. He might be visiting Denver sometime soon just to hang out with the boys. We got I think our 5-year reunion is this week. Or uh, not this weekend, this summer out there, so. Oh, I do want I do want to give a shout out to uh which is kind of funny before we end this. Um, Ronnie Attard, Noah Cates, Bobby Brink, Bobby all Brink. on the Philadelphia Flyers right now. That's nice. Are they, they're playing tonight? Western Michigan, Duluth Bulldogs, Denver Pioneers all played against each other during the year. They're all on the same team now in the NHL. Please tell me they're on. Oh, one's defense, aren't they? One's defense. Yeah, yeah. They, I was gonna say that, that 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 little fact there is that's sick. Like, yeah, that's so. I I remember seeing Bobby Brink was drafted to Philly, yeah, and I saw Noah Cates and Atard go to Philly, and I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna have three NCHE guys, and and all these guys have the potential to be like superstars, a big time player. Well, they, they, so they could like all three of them could. Kind of lift that program up because they're 
well out of playoffs. They play in they play in TNT tomorrow night against the Rangers. Yeah. So I'll be tuning in. I'll be watching that as well. Yeah. I don't watch Bobby, I don't watch many NHL games, yeah. but I'll I'll tune in now. We got Bobby then. Brink, Minnetonka boy. Oh yeah. God, he is absolute stud. He is yeah. sick. Yeah. He's sort of the other I mean Kate's, yeah, yeah. Kate's and the Tartar. I'm a little bit biased, terrible. but they're all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all good. So. Yeah, and CHG's not bad. How are you, how are you doing, Big Ten? <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Matt. We appreciate having you here. And yeah, thanks for reaching out and having me on. This is uh, this is exciting. You know, I've been waiting to be able to shoot the shit and talk some hockey for a long time. So it's been uh, it's been nice. It's obviously exciting because he's got nine national championships. We have eight. Yeah. But whatever. We'll we'll still be friends with him. Fuck. Yeah. It's it's hard being on top looking down at at eight. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> that that's the energy we need. I love it. We'll see you next week, folks. <laughs>